And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, Big John McCarthy is down in the dumps because he's got COVID again, but I am here and ready to do things. <laughs> so stay far away, at least six feet, I would say. And we've got a ton of fights to talk about. We had UFC pay-per-view. We had World Heavyweight Championship Boxing. We had the PFL. We had bare-knuckle boxing. It was good that I was sick because I just sat there watching fights all day long. It was not bad. How about you? Well, I spent yesterday morning running around uh, getting a package in the mail for somebody. <laughs> so, <laughs> the time changed, brother. The time changed, uh, but it's horrible. no, it was great though. It was, uh, it was um, it was a lot going on. I was trying to watch the, uh, some of the fights in the car while I was driving around, and I was finally got established in some places and was able to catch some of the fights. Uh, I missed the uh, the BK the the bare knuckle boxing. I saw some highlights of it. Um, I didn't realize they could go to a six round. I didn't know what that was. Someone said they went to a six yeah. round. I didn't get an yeah, opportunity to see that fight. I did watch the Usyk fight. Fantastic fight. A uh, better performance, you know, by Anthony Joshua. We'll talk about Definitely that as well. Better. PFL uh, had a couple barn burner fights. Great, and had had a couple. Uh, had some good uh, explosive action. Uh, Bubba looked fantastic. Uh, Lone, uh, Lachlan looked uh, fantastic. You know, Kayla does what Kayla does. You know, and uh, look, let's just be honest, man. The UFC, the, and I know I'm going to catch a flack, but the overall, card, the overall card wasn't the greatest, but there was some standout performances in that card that were fucking fantastic. And... <clears throat> That main card had everything you could ask for. Yes, as yep. a fight fan. Yep, yep. I mean, because like there were some fights in the in the prelims, like oh man, you know, like it was a little bit drug out. But then there were some great performances, and then yeah. we got to that main card. I was like, let's go, and they fucking they, you know, up until that the up until that Luke fight, I was like, okay, and then Luke had wasn't maybe not it definitely wasn't his best performance, but. You know, we'll, let's, 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 in, let's just in where, some ways. Where do you well, want? Where do you want to start? Here's what I here's where I want to start. This show is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag brings you some of the best betting odds across the world. Use our promo code Wayne in. Use that QR code right there. The podcast Dave is going to put up for you. If you guys used our QR code and you guys made a deposit this last weekend, they give you a little extra money with your first initial buy-in. Now look. I've already said this a hundred times. I'm going to say it again, though. You have to bet your winnings one time to withdraw your money after that. Go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code WAYNEIN. I want to thank you guys for supporting us, this podcast, and the Wayne In podcast. We made a, a huge error. Uh, yes. Um, about not talking about certain people that meant a lot to us yeah. that have passed away. And uh, I, want, I want to talk about Leandro Lowe, and I want to talk about Gene LaBelle. Because both of them meant something special to both of us. I'll let you start with Leandro Lowe because <clears throat> jujitsu-wise, yeah. you were close to him. Guy was unbelievable. What a great fucking guy. Great spirit. I wasn't extremely close to him, but I had the opportunity to hang out with him a little bit. You know, um, out in the night scene a little bit. I've had an opportunity to train with him. You know, uh, he did the night times. scene a lot. Just so you know. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> but he but he did it right. You know, and uh, yeah. He was he was someone that just loved to be. He had the energy. He loved to be around other people that had the energy. He was 
he was one of those guys that he was he enjoyed his life and he That's wasn't going to let anyone else dictate That's... what he was going to do and he enjoyed it and you said the the one that I was going to say but dude if you're going to talk about a guy that just enjoyed life enjoyed everything that he did and when he did it he did it with everything he had that was Leandro when you but it's so funny because I see I know a lot of athletes or I know a lot of people right that and not to mention he's a good looking son of a bitch. You yeah, know, like, <laughs> I didn't like him for that. Yeah, <laughs> he just had a swagger about him. He did. He was carefree. He was careless about you know how you felt about him, and he just went about his business. But one thing you couldn't take away from him was his desire to win, and it didn't matter what he did, you know, prior to uh, his competitions. He'd be out hanging out, dancing. Be you know he could be at you know at a at a club getting getting down. But he came out and delivered some of the best performances. And a lot of my good memories, a lot of my best memories of jujitsu matches, it's sitting in the fucking, in the pyramid down in Long Beach or watching people compete, you know, online was fucking him. He yeah. just, he had that about him. I mean, I know like he's competed against, you know, guys like Buchecha, who was one of my teammates when I was with Checkmat and those guys. But he, he was so much more undersized than, che than Buchecha. But fuck, they had some good goes, man. And you could just yeah. tell the athleticism from both of them, the strength from both. And they had a bond and a relationship that they really enjoyed being around each other. Um, one of my other good buddies, Philip Pomosky, actually trained with them quite a bit, significantly, like because they were around the same size, same strength, same. And they were fucking just dogs back and forth with each other. He, um, he was extremely good looking. Had a swagger about him, had a great was someone who didn't like to lose. He no. was phenomenal, multiple, multiple time world champion. He would have been even more of a multiple, multiple world champion had uh, Buchecha not been there in the absolutes. You know, at the same time as him, he was someone that needs to be admired. And I, and I, we just talked about this to last week or the week before. I said, you know, the word legends thrown around way too much in this sports, but when you talk about people that he wasn't a big guy and he just had like i look at lucas leach but i know that leandro's at a different level i look at leandro and i'm like he wasn't a huge guy but he had some of the best performances against some of the biggest guys and he just delivered every single time and when you saw that how much he enjoyed his life it's sad to, to see how it all happened and and if you guys haven't looked it up and done the research on it or seen how it all happened it's a very sad situation, you know. On Senseless. It, it's ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I want to wish him and his family and everyone that knows him, his friends and his family, his close friends and family, uh, thoughts and prayers, man. It's really sad. And I know that the jiu-jitsu community was fucking in an uproar. They were actually storm, like almost storming the fucking police stations down in Brazil. It just... Uh, but it's sad to see him go, and I, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss seeing him on the mat, man. I'm gonna miss it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, Eugene LeBeau. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to bring Gene up on the podcast before because it was like, yeah, I, I don't. First off, I don't want to start crying, but it's a matter of I've known Gene forever, and Gene was like. I used to call him my second dad because he's always giving me advice and always trying to talk to me and stuff. And you're talking about a guy whose life was amazing. And I, and I look at it now, and you know, Gene passed a little over two weeks ago now. 
you know, close to the age of 90. He was born on October 9th, so, because our, our birthdays were like three days apart, so it was, you know, we I always, you know, knew that it was real simple, and when my birthday's coming, oh, Gene, Gene's birthday's coming up, and he was going to be 90, and uh, he, he had been, he had taken ill, you know, for a while, you know, you didn't see him anymore, because Gene was always at the fights, he always brought his wife, Midge, for a long time, and, you know, I used to joke with him, and I would tell him, I, you know, I tried to train him to be a judge for mixed martial arts. And, you know, this is one of those ones where, look, no one knew martial arts more than Gene. But, man, he would he would lock in on one thing, and that's the one thing that he was going with when he was a judge. So I used to give him nothing but crap. But this guy had a life, you know, Josh, that people don't understand. He did everything. He is, you know, he the the character of Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. That character is modeled after Jean LaBelle. Jean LaBelle's mom owned the Olympic Auditorium, okay, in L.A. The Olympic Auditorium was built for the 1932 Olympics in boxing. And uh, his mom owned it, and she would run, I want to say it was either seven days of the week or six days out of the week. It was something close to that, but one one day was professional boxing, and my dad used to take me down there all the time for the pro boxing. Two days were professional wrestling, and Gene was part of that uh, professional wrestling. I, I can't remember what was the region that it was considered and stuff, but he was one of the ones in charge of it and stuff. And, you know, he was taught by guys like Luthies and, and some of the great Ed Strangler <clears throat> Lewis. These are guys that he actually was taught by. And, you know, and I told everybody that came in contact with Gene when he would, you know, be teaching because he would come, you know, teach at my place or, you know, he always, he, he was associated with Gokar Shivik, uh, <laughs> he was attached with Hayatsan and Gokar and he taught there all the time and he always, he always wore the pinky and he wore the pinky because he was in competition and he threw a red shirt in with his gi to wash it and the the gi comes out pink and it's the only gi he has and so he takes it out there and the japanese are not happy but he wears it and he wins so it was okay and he wore it ever since he made all of his keys pink <laughs> he's the inventor of the pinky and he just did everything he was involved in everything he you know he worked with bruce lee he did have an infamous confrontation with bruce lee and if you look at enter the dragon you know, there's the submission part with the arm bar and everything. That's Bruce Lee giving to Gene LaBelle because when Bruce Lee had the confrontation with Gene, it didn't go too well for him, and he wanted to learn. And that's where you got to give. You know, these are things that happen in real life on the outside that people don't, you know, see, but it happens. And that's why Bruce Lee became a guy that hey, it's all about what works. And he saw that grappling works. And Gene LaBelle was a maniacal, vicious bastard. Like I said, I would tell people, don't let him touch you. Because if you were his uki, you were going to get hurt. He was going to torque you, man. <laughs> so I, I would tell guys, don't do it. He goes, oh, you know, I got to do it. And here's a guy that people would walk up to and say, you know, I want you to choke me. And, well, he would choke you unconscious. You know, <laughs> and then he would take a cup of water and throw it in your crotch to make you think that you pissed yourself. And then as you woke up, you'd sit there. <laughs> oh, man, did you have to do that? You know, but that was Gene. You know, Gene had the infamous uh, supposed story with Steven Seagal on the set of a movie. And uh, that was uh, I think it was out for justice or something. 
but you know he he did choke out Seagal. He did walk off of the set saying, "I think I'm fired." You know, he got sued for it. So if you asked him, Gene, you know what? What did, is it true? Whatever happened with you know you and Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal is a wonderful actor and a fine martial artist. That's the only thing he would say because <laughs> his lawsuit was he couldn't talk about the the event and he didn't. And he was just he was special and he was special to a lot of people out there in you know in Hollywood. Thousands and thousands of movies you can see him in. He was a stuntman forever. He's just a wonderful human being, and I'm going to miss him. Sorry I took so long. No, no, no. It's all based off of feelings. I never, I've seen him in passing. I've never shook his hand, obviously. Um, Good thing. <laughs> yes. Double and, wrist uh, lock. I've seen him in passing it. I think I saw him at a UFC like way back when. I think it was a UFC or we were at an event for a UFC. I can't remember. That was kind of the only time. And I'd seen him from across the room several times at some UFC events and some MMA events, uh, but never had actually had the chance to really meet him. He seemed like, from everything I've heard, he seemed like a really stand-up guy. Um, I don't know him personally, so I can't really speak on it. But did remind me of the Marshawn Lynch thing when he said, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So his whole thing with the uh, Steven Seagal thing, he's a fine actor and a great martial artist or whatever. That's fucking great. Well, uh, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. You know, this is life and it. this is... It moves on. One, father time is undefeated, and two is just careless, senseless things that happen to people, if you know, in in life, and it's sad. Yeah, um, that, 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 yeah let, let me please separate one thing here. Leandro Lowe lost, lost his life way too early. He had so much more to do, so much more to give. The one thing I'm going to say about Gene is he was a winner, man, 89 years of a life that people would go crazy to have. That's called winning. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, uh, let's jump right into, we're going to go right to the UFC. The UFC was, I mean, we normally go in order, uh, but there were so Can't. many fights. Yeah, we, we're going to talk about Usyk, we're going to talk about some uh, BKFC, and then we're going to talk about the PFL. PFL had some fantastic performances as well, as I already said, so I'm looking forward to talking about some of those fights. Uh, but let's go right into the UFC. John, take us away. Would you want to start from the main event? Should we jump right oh, into the main event? To. Let's go. You let's got go. to. Let's All be right. honest. This show is brought to you by ButcherBox. ButcherBox.com slash Wayne In. ButcherBox takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, uh, crate and wild-caught seafood. Look, guys, the convenience of having this delivered right to your doorstep has been amazing for us during the COVID situations, as well as just now. Everyone has learned you don't have to go out to the shopping centers now to pick up food. I can have it delivered directly to my house. Get get just what you want delivered right at your doorstep. Free shipping for in the continental U.S. and no surprise fees. That means a lot because sometimes you get hit with that extra shipping fee you didn't realize. Look, let's enjoy the range and the high-quality cuts that are hard to come by at the grocery store. All stuff with antibiotics normally at the grocery store. When you go to butcherbox.com slash weighing in, you can pick up your free-range, organic, grass-fed, all of the things, wild-caught. Those are all perfect things that you want to make sure you live a healthy lifestyle at home those are the things you want from butcherbox.com slash weighing in talk about i what i'm talking about is it really comes down to what your preference is i like to make sure that the food on my plate 
is clean. There's no um, antibiotics in it. There's no hormones, added hormones into it. There's none of that stuff on. All of this is all grass-fed organic. And this is the hardest part to have delivered to your house with no expectations. This thing comes in a in a sealed, refrigerated box. I can just pop it right into the freezer and then I pull it out. And when I'm ready to cook or when I'm ready to barbecue, look, to me, their flats are the best. I get their chicken wings. I let them thaw out. I put them out in the kitchen, marinate them a little bit, throw them on the grill. They're fantastic. And I love the fact that they're ready to cook right away. They're perfect for what I'm hosting people over at my house. Love having pool parties. The slides and the flats to me are the way to go. And that to me is awesome. So get two pounds at butcherbox.com, two pounds of free range chicken, organic chicken breasts for free in every order when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash weighing in. Claim this deal at butcherbox.com slash weighing in. You know, this was this was that rematch fight and we talked, you know, and it's partly the UFC and it's not, I'm not blaming them. It's, this is their job. They're doing their job. And, and, and I, it was only after this fight that I go, I looked at Dana and I go, yeah, he's got it. He, he don't give a shit. He knows because early on in Dana's career as the president of the UFC, he was always trying to match fights where he thought he could predict the winner and didn't go too well. And, and he, he realized because he, he modeled, you know, everything he was trying to do after off of the WWE congratulations podcast, Dave and Vince McMahon. And he, he did a lot of, you know, the way the UFC is built and the way it's set up is, is absolutely yeah. modeled after that. But the one thing that he couldn't do that Vince could was dictate who was going to win the fight. And, and I'm I'm looking at this fight, and they built you know Kamaru Usman up, and I, and I want to give Kamaru Usman such credit that you know he was, you know they're trying to talk to me. He goes pound for pound, there is no pound for pound, and he's right. But the UFC builds that up because it helps them promote, and I don't blame them for building it up. And they build up, you know, we talk about it all the time, the the word legend, greatest of all time, goat. All, it's all said way too much. It's it's overused, but they use it to sell. And I'm watching as Leon Edwards climbs over the cage, and I look at Dana, and Dana's you know ecstatic and reaching out, and I'm going, "Yep, he's a winner, and you're a winner too, because mm-hmm. you don't care. No. This only leads to another match, a trilogy fight, more money. You won. Way to go, dude!" And I looked at it, and we we said Leon Edwards has a good chance in this fight. Doesn't mean that he was the favorite. He definitely wasn't the favorite. But even on our, you know, weighing in on the odds, we both picked. Hey, I would take Leon Edwards in this fight because he does have a chance of winning this fight. As the fight went on, first round he looked great. You know, he takes Kamaru Usman down. There was a guy named Josh Thompson that said, "Don't be surprised if Leon Edwards." tries to take Kamaru Usman down. He does. He falls right into mount. He gets the back. Kamaru does a great job of defending the entire time. And I think it kind of, you know, it kind of woke Kamaru up a little bit because one of the things we talk about is you've had that fight against him and you know what you want to do. And it's hard to get up for every fight. It's hard to be the guy that everyone's always shooting at 
where he has that target and you've got a target on you and it's tough to put the target back on him. Yeah, you do it as the fight starts to go, but it kind of woke him up. He comes back. He just starts doing exactly what he needed to do to win the fight. He was taking Edwards down almost at will near the end. And then, man, the fifth round, I was texting you and I was telling you, he cannot give ground. He must hold his ground or move Usman backwards. He's got to move Usman backwards. It's the only, as soon as he started moving him backwards, look at what happens. And that was a setup kick. He did that. There was nothing that people are going to say, oh, lucky. That was not lucky. That was all set up. It was a beautifully orchestrated, you know, left high kick, and he hit it well. We just talked. Who did we talk about just I recently? Remember. I was going over about doing the same thing. And I said, you know, you're seeing more and more guys take and normally we'll we'll talk and in training we'll throw a right hand left high kick we'll throw a left hand right high kick because it's the way your body transitions through and more and more guys are now starting to take and faint out with their lead hand halfway throw just to cover or to parry just a little bit and throw the same side kick and he's, you're getting guys dipping and i do think you watched him he's hitting the knee and he's hitting the leg with those low kicks. He was just getting a pattern where Kamara was getting used to it and starting to take his hand and just sweep it away, sweep it away. And you see it, it starts to sweep away, and you see his hand starting to move in that fashion. And he brought it up high and well-placed, big power. And that's this is the whole thing. Anybody can go out. You get hit in the right spot, you're going to go out. No one's chin is unbreakable. John? There's one MVP in this fight. Just one. Leon Edwards fucking corner. Oh, if dude. you don't have a corner like that, you got the wrong corner. There's We have seen too many times where we've seen fighters corner say, oh, it's close, but I think we got it. Or, you know, oh, you Thank won you. that round. It was close. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. You fucking lost that round. Rocky. Rocky, what are you doing? Get yeah, your shit and let's go. Yep. You fucking, you waited how many fights and how many years to get back at this guy and not just get back you at ain't him. gonna get back if you now lose this. now you're in an even bigger scenario situation he was trying to get under his skin after round two and he couldn't do it he just kept plugging away kept getting after him and eventually in the fifth round i think he real i think leon realized shit this is already the end of the fight it's end and it happens that fast everyone it happens so fast you're in there and it doesn't matter if it's a barn burner of a fight, like with the rock holding Costa fight. It could be a barn burner of a fight, and you could be exhausted. But realistically, at any moment with any type of getting rocked or any type of excitement that goes on, hitting you with a good shot, all of a sudden it rejuvenates you, and that adrenaline rush comes back again, and you can get that finish. Leon had a little extra left in the tank, and... He, and I want to I want to give credit where credit's due. The MVP of this whole thing was really his coaches in his corner. His brother was in who Fabian. He was yelling and screaming from the side. His coach was yelling and screaming from the side in his face between rounds. Wake the fuck up. Yep. This is your chance. You need corners. You need people like that to be let you know the reality is your title shot is about to slip away in You're five minutes. You're letting it go. You're letting yep. it go. And and I'm going to toot my own horn because you tooted it for me a little bit. And I want to just pass. I went through every fucking comment on our show last week. And I said, hey, this didn't age well. Leon Edwards took him down. 
Everyone said, there's no fucking way he's taking him down. There's no way. Have you ever you even watched the fucking sport? And I said, hey, did this fucking age well for you? And I just put a smiley face and a wink of an eye. I thought it was great. Guys, I'm just giving you guys a hard time. I give two shits. I have no skin in the game on who wins this fight. I love both yep. fighters. We're going to yep. see a third fight. Yep. We're probably going to see an automatic rematch. Because if, deser- if anyone deserves Absolutely. one, it's Kamaru Usman deserves is- a fight. This is what we talk about. Yep. Here's the scenario. Yes, he deserves an automatic rematch. Absolutely. Not to yeah. mention he was trying to what beat beat or tie uh, but, Anderson's record. But yes, it does need to. T- he does need to take some time. Yep. Man, it, it, this it should not happen here you know, until the summer of 2023. Oh, that far. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I was thinking like I was thinking. I guess I guess we were about the same. I was thinking like probably March or April. If you're thinking about it, he should be taking at least three months off. Yeah. Okay. Now you can you know do little things, but no, no real fucking sparring mm-hmm. or anything like that. Not get knocked out the way he did. And so you're talking September, October, November, December, close to start your training. Now going to you know January, February, March. Okay. April. Yeah, that's true. Somewhere I was th- I was thinking March or April. You know. Yeah, um, March or April. March or April. I'm good with. Yeah, I think uh, March. But look, overall, let, let's talk about the performance, though. And well, on, one 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 thing because you, you were talking about his corner, and, and D, I, I know Dean Thomas got kind of blasted for what he said. What are you? But talking he was about? right. He was fucking Dude, exactly right. I, I say, I, well, you know, as soon as as soon as anyone can say, oh, you know, you said that he was, you know, he, you know, he has given up and everything. I saw people fucking put stuff. It's like. Dean Thomas was absolutely right in what he said about Leon Edwards is, you know, he's not paying attention to his coaches. He's looking down all of those things. Look at those are all the things that I always look for. You would see a fighter who was intent on being good in the fight, active in the fight. They, they, their eyes go to their coaches. And there was that the moment where he said it, but if there was one thing that was off his one coach, the guy that you're talking about, who was, you know, yelling at him the most, he did grab him and shake him. He shook him. And Leon turned his and turned his eyes towards him and looked at him. And that might have brought him back to that fucking thing. That's what you're talking about with his coaches. But yeah. that when he he sits down, he's looking down, his other coach is talking to him, he kind of brings his eyes up, he looks back down. That's not what you want to see out of your fighter. And I think that possibly that little you know shaking instance with the one guy the ball headed guy i can't think of his name he's he's with him in all of them but you know that's that's part of it sometimes you can bring him back but when dean said that i was like his body language is saying i just don't have it we i've said that fighters this happens all the time by the way this doesn't just happen oh, yeah. with, this Absolutely. happens all the time people f- <coughs> fighters are okay with just losing the decision it's still an L yeah. next to your name. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, they're okay. It's almost like a win for them. They tell themselves it's a win. That if they just well, get I'm through get the fight. Well, I'm going to get some type of win out of this. Yes. I'm gonna, my win is to not get finished. Yes. F- I went the distance. No one cares. Well, like, it, goes, it, goes, it goes back to the old Rocky Balboa thing. You know, Apollo Creed. Think about it. You know, he lays down in the bed next to Adrian. You know, if I could just go the distance. If I could just. Make it there with the champ. They would say, I would, I'm not a loser. That's a good voice there, buddy. Thank you Holy very shit. much. Yo, Adrian! Yeah. I got it. Wow. Wow. Um, 
I, I, it's, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you guys, man. I've had those moments where I was like, you know what? Just get me through the round. But then like I, I tell the Pat Healy story all the time, he takes me down on the third round. And at that moment, I'm like telling myself, it's okay. You're hurt. Like I had two broken ribs in my sternum. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. And as I'm telling myself that years of training, my body's like trying to get back up to its feet. It just, there is something in these guys that they feel like they can win. Maybe it was the shake from his coach that said, Hey, look at me do this. Like something happened in that fifth round. He was still wasn't fighting great in that fifth round, but But he he started coming forward forward and he had a little bit more of an output because in round two, three and four, he had just shut down. He had moments but like he was waiting for Kamaru Usman to get off first. He was yeah. waiting for, and there was mo. This is the other thing, John. What frustrated me the most watching Leon Edwards last night? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna take anything away from uh, Usman. Was Leon would stuff the takedown and get his back. He wouldn't. He would break and he'd turn off the fence. But then he he would let Usman circle back around and put his back to the fence again before he would move out. Yeah, I watched that happen time and time again, and I'm like, "What is going on here? Like, you literally just got off the fence, circled. Now you're facing him, kind of side by side on the fence, and he let Usman. He would just stand there, and then he would let Usman circle him back around and face him, put his back back to the fence. I was, what are you doing? Like, that yeah. is the number one thing to get away. It's not just break grip. It's about getting back to the center of the cage, making him work from there, using your speed, your lateral movement. Leon's got good footwork. I didn't see any of it last night. He's going to have Very to make some footed. tweaks. Yeah. He's going to have Very to make a, some tweaks in this in his, his stand-up game plan. I know he focused a lot on stuff and takedowns, and that worked. And I believe he focused a lot on getting wrestling takedowns because the way he hit that, that uh, double unders right yeah. to the body lock and the outside right trip, the trip. You could tell that he'd been working that for a oh, while. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was money for him. But as they got sweaty, it was harder to control the double unders. And then he couldn't do it anymore. And Usman's wrestling, as we all know, is fucking fantastic. Kamaru Usman last night looked like an animal. Look, He looked like he, looked like he, he couldn't be touched after the first round. Yeah. He looked like he couldn't be touched. I was like, oh, shit. This yeah, once be... he got into the, that zone of oh, okay, yeah. yeah, he was he was looking good. And look, you can't take anything away from him. No, he's still a phenomenal fighter. You know, he is just a guy that got caught, and it happens. But if you're Leon Edwards, there's so much for you to go back to, look at, and make changes that can make huge differences in the yeah. fight for you. So this wasn't one of those, you know, it's like if Leon had thrown that in the first round and put Camaro out, he's going to go back and he's going to think, ah, everything I'm, I did was going to do was perfect. He's going to go back with the same game plan and Kamaru Usman is going to go and beat him. Now he's got a lot of information that he can go back with and go, okay, I need to, I need to shore that up. I need to fix that. I got to stop that. I got to do this. There's a lot of information out there for him. Kamaro's going to come back and, you know, yeah, I, I I can't always read off of him doing the same thing over and over again. But, you know, he, he really went to the, he went back to the game plan that worked for him in the first fight, and that's taken him down and pounded him out. He was on his feet a lot more in this fight because he feels much more uh, comfortable there. But 
you know, Leon as the guy that won has a ton of information that he can go back with to make himself better for the next fight, which is absolutely going to happen. Here's the other thing is I want to toot Trevor Whitman's horn as well. Not just a can't be oh, one yeah. side on the corners. Trevor yep. Whitman after the first round loved it. Said it's hey, not a big deal. We've got four more rounds. Don't worry, we're gonna plug away at him. We're gonna fuck this guy up. Yeah. And that's exactly what was happening. No, he said no, he said he said, We're gonna fuck this motherfucker up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what was going on. He he got oh, yeah. in, he got into Usman's head. Usman is a believer in him. You could see the difference and the confidence in Usman, not just because he's the champion, because the belief into that coach, into what their game plan is and how effective it was working up until that moment. And he it made, was. He made one mistake. And you know, and here's the other thing. How difficult is it, John? You know this. You've been around the game forever. I mean, fucking since dirt. I mean, how hard is it to, to maintain being a champion for that amount of time? It's the hardest thing there is. I tell people all the time. They're like, well, oh, no, because now you know. No. no, man, you know, it's, it, 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 the, the simplest way that I used to tell people is, okay, I want you to think about, especially older people that they don't get it. I mean, I mean that when I say older people, people that are in their forties, fifties, sixties that watch the sport, they get it. When I say it much quicker, young, young guys will never get it because they haven't been there, but it all comes back to, you know, being when you are young and you want all these things, you know, what's important to you? This is what I want to go get that. That's what, that's what I want. And then you work your ass off and you go and you attain it. And then what happens? Well, nothing. You attained it. You know, you as a person, there's nothing that really, you know, you got the job you wanted or anything like that. When you become a fighter and you start going up this, ranking system or these levels of different promotions and then you get that title fight and then you attain that title you know josh let's be how much is thrown your way yeah people and i, I don't want to say normal people but normal people like you know me you have no fucking concept of what is thrown towards that fighter and at the age of 30, 28, 29, 30, 31. How you deal with that? You know, I, I tell people, I don't think I would have dealt with it well either. I, I wasn't mature enough at that time to deal with that kind of influence, that kind of things that are coming my way, that, you know, that freedom, that, ooh, you can do anything you want. It, it's hard for someone to deal with that in the proper fashion. That sometimes is the start of the downfall of a lot of guys. And some guys, you know, they work their way through it. You know, it's it's learning how to deal with it. Some guys are so good, they make huge mistakes, do really stupid things, and continue to win. Okay, but they're the rare exception. You know, Kamara, I'm not saying has made any of those mistakes. I think he's done a great job with, you know, keeping himself fairly much tied down, intact, and smart. But it's very difficult to be that guy with all these things there. You kind of forget what brought you to that party, if that's the party you like. Well, it's the fighting, and it's being good at it. You've got to maintain that same, you know, intensity, that same, you know, attitude towards it. Not an easy thing to do. Yeah, John and I had we John, you and I don't have skin in the game whatsoever. We don't Not care who the hell wins. We don't care about the betting odds. 
We give you guys our advice. We think we try to give the best breakdowns we possibly can. I give two. I mean, I, I have trained with Leon, so I got a little little love in the skin in the game there too. But I'm also friends with Ali, and Ali manages Usman, and I like yeah. Usman. I've and met, I feel I feel bad for Ali because I know that crushed him. It crushed a lot of people. I don't know if you saw the video of the front row. There was yeah. Henry Cejudo. There was Gaethje. There was Moreno. There was guys that were there in that front row that that know him, that know Usman, yeah. and they were just in shock. And that's. It's one of those moments where when your friend or you're someone you know and you're close with loses after having such a dominant performance. I mean, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. Usman ran away with this fight. Oh, after the well, first look, round, it was a run. You got to be on. You know, Joe and and, and Dan are they're talking. Dan's giving him his obituary. I thought know, that like, was I thought that was a great line, by the way. It was, you know, and it, it was a great line. And then, then he took it back. He says, "We were, you know, I was writing his obituary." Yeah. You know? And they were, but they weren't wrong. No. You know, no. you got to be honest about what you're seeing. And, and Kamara was running away with that fight. It looked like it was going to be, you know, depending upon, you know, the, the fifth round could have been. And this is, let's go to open scoring real quick. This is what could happen. Okay. You have this fight and you have this fighter who knows I am up this many rounds. I know I lost the first one. I've won the next three. All I got to do is get through this round. The first time that Kamaru Usman took backward steps, basically, is in this fifth round. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm I, not saying I'm not saying he was taking it off, but we'll say that he was okay. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna just be defensive. I'm just gonna take my time. You know, this is what can happen in that open scoring. That's why you're looking. Eh, it's there's good and bad, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I didn't blame them for what they were saying as far as their commentary. It was right. Usman was walking away with it. The worst he would have gotten was a 48-47 win if yeah. it went to a decision. I was expecting, like, and let me be honest, is when that first, when the fight hit the ground the first time, I was like, holy shit, he took him down. He took him down nicely right to the mount. Then he turned Josh, it Oh, I was back. right! I, yeah. <laughs> but then you could see that he, you could tell, though, that he was working on takedowns because he kept yeah. trying to go to the double unders. He kept trying to get to the body lock and lift. And then Usman got keen to it after that. I think in the beginning of that first round, he didn't believe that Leon could take him down. And when it happened so fast and so quick, and then he got to right to mount, that was the worst part. He landed right in mount. And then when he went yeah. right from mount, and then he was able to get to the back, get the body lock. Then I started going through. I believe Usman's only loss is by submission, right? I believe it's yeah, guillotine. Yeah, by choke. Yeah, by choke. No, by choke. Yeah. By rear naked or a guillotine? I thought it was rear naked. Okay, okay. I so, thought it was by a guillotine. But regardless, though. I think it was his second fight ever. Yeah, it was by submission. He lost. And um, I was Excuse like, me, Josh Thompson oh, moment. How, how much? How much was he able? Like, I was like, how much better has he gotten? Because he'd never been on his back ever. Yeah. In, no. in, well, in, the, in the UFC, he's never guy, been on his back. This is a guy that, you know, he doesn't train off his back. Doesn't need why to. Do, why would he? There you go. <laughs> you know, uh, this is why you know people will say. I, I've heard people say, "Yo, Josh, Josh said Dan Cormier never ever even trained off his back." I go, "Why would he?" I go, "You know what it's like to try to put him there." Nah, it's too much <laughs> work, go, man. It's too much that's, work. That's not. That's, but, that's not the place for him to train. I was expecting after the first round, I was like, "Oh, Leon's gonna have you know a good second round," but then he came out flat. I wonder how much of that had to do with the altitude. And where do they fight the second, the third fight? Sorry, not the second, but the third oh, fight. Where do London. they fight that? London. You do you fight it's it in London, be the or do you fight it in Birmingham? 
He's from I Birmingham. Gotta, I know he is, I but know. it's got to be the O2 Arena. It's the same thing. Yeah. Much, what? It's the same thing, pretty much. No, it's not. The distance-wise? Yeah, it's a little... Dave, Dave, it's not the same thing. <laughs> Dave. Dave, Dave, if you if you've never you thrown a fight, if you ever thrown region. a fight in Birmingham, and if you ever bit thrown a fight in London, it is not the fucking same thing. <laughs> See, that's a total <laughs> casual fucking comment right there. It is not. Let me just tell you, it is not the same thing. No, it's not. Um, that's like saying Manchester is London too. <laughs> or then why then why are you even suggesting or Dagestan is Russia? London's not much better. <laughs> <laughs> or Dagestan is Russia. Or no, no, che- Chechnya. What does that Chechnya. have to do with Russia? I'm just laughing. No, no, when you guys were getting in that argument the other day about whatever this country was that was Russia. Anyways. What does Chechnya have to do with Russia? Oh, well, you know, it's like a, you know, it's like a part of Russia. Yeah, yeah, we so, know. We know. Yeah, it's a republic of Russia. No. So it's technically not a country. Dude, you have lost your fucking mind. You guys are great. Okay, look, you before, have lost your mind. Before we get off on this tangent, before you guys get after each other like we did in text all night last night, and I eventually came out on top. Okay, um, I'm, I was handing out ten eight rounds last night just to podcast Dave. Though it was fucking great. I get, I'll give it great. to you. I, I, you. You definitely had him. Yeah, you had him against the ropes. He was fucking owned. It was done. <laughs> I gave him the fucking Leon kick. He was doing good for a while. He was coming up with some good ones. He was done. But where do you do this fight? You say London. I I would agree with you. I agree with you, London. I agree with you, London. Um, But if you were to do it in an alternative spot, where would you do it? Let me ask you. Let me ask you this Hmm. before I say the alternative spot, and and I'll give you another one. But you have had one English champion in your entire. Uh, promotional history. That's mm-hmm. Michael Bisping. Mm-hmm. Bisping won that title in Los Angeles, a place where he lived, basically mm-hmm. Costa Mesa's, yeah. just down the the stretch. So he wins that title in Los Angeles. Where was his first defense at? At London. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Dan Dan Henderson too. Oh, was that it? was in London. Wow. Or or was it or was it man but it was back in England. Okay. So it would make got, sense. It would make sense oh, because because oh, here's the thing. A huge huge fight for them, huge, you know, impact for their European, you know, contingent. Mm-hmm. You've got the champ who is you know, English. That's where it's got to be. What I can I'm going to go back to what you said about Dana White. Because it's funny, you noticed the same thing that I saw, and I'm going to go. That's going to kind of correlate to what I'm saying or relate to what I'm saying with the England thing. Dana White doesn't give a fuck who wins. I, no. Before we used to think, oh, he wants to be this, he wants to be that. Well, before admit, he did, he did long ago, but and but not, you could yeah. tell, you could tell back then. He got He smart. has now removed himself out of the equation. He has made guys wait longer, like he did with Leon. You want to know why? It gives him a little bit more of a thirst. It gives them that, like, I'm I'm here waiting. Give me something, like, you know, and, and it worked. It worked in this situation, in this scenario. doesn't always work, but it worked in this situation, in this scenario. Now, what Dana has also done very well is he has marketed guys or been able to find fighters that have have performances like this where it shocks the world or they just have a style like Conor McGregor that is entertaining to the public, and then what he does is he just floods that market with fights or he floods that market with advertisements and marketing and and then they take over that market the uk market for the ufc needed this because 
Think about this. PFL is sliding in there. Bellator's been there for the last three years. And, and I'm being honest, it's been really good to us. Now they have Leon, and they go ahead and they, they start t- doing more fights there. That's going to steal from some of the other promotions their, their viewership because not a lot of these people, not, not a lot of people have a ton of money to go to every event that comes in their area or in their country. And for them to go ahead and travel there, it's going to be more difficult now that Leon's the champion. They're going to go there if he's able to beat Camaro again. Now you can keep flooding it there, keep going to different areas, and they will come to watch. No different than how Ireland came to watch Connor all the way in Vegas, you know, or wherever Connor fought. They would come. I think you're going to have not quite the appeal, obviously, that Connor McGregor had, but no. Leon is going to pull. He is going to pull from, from other areas of the UK when they do shows there. How many shirts do you think they're going to have to say, look at me now? Oh, yeah. Come on. That fucking line and some of the things that he said, not bad. No, not not bad bad at all. Fantastic, John. Fucking A. That's what I'm talking about. Not bad. For a guy whose emotions were out there and stuff, man, he said a lot of really just clickbait, perfect things for you to go off of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about coming from a, you know, a trash background and and living in a wood hut and and all that stuff hey you got someone because the dude's a classy guy you know him i know he's a super nice guy very respectful his brother's the one that's a little bit more out there and just being the snapper man the Uh one that you know will you know say something smart but both guys great guys and, and man it's it's so good to see a guy like that make it all right so let's say Congratulations to the new welterweight champion in Leon Edwards. You deserve that. Kamaro, you are a classy, great champion. You're obviously going to get a rematch. Good luck in your next one. But Leon, way to go, dude. Big win. Yeah, but let's talk about the fight there. And, and this is not because of my boy. Not you're going to say my it. boy. People but, are going to say you're a homer. No, nah, but this, this fight stole the show last night. All right, so growing up, cereal was always one of my favorite things. But as an older guy, I stopped, started getting away from all that stuff. But since I've got grandkids and they love donuts, I bring them donuts. Their parents get mad. But now I can bring my grandkids something that's great for them. And that is a cereal that has protein in it. Josh, you know all about having kids and having the like of cereal, but you don't give it to them. Because all the carbohydrates, now there's protein, right? Yeah, there's, this is amazing because you're that grandparent that most parents hate. You send them to the grandparents, they give the kids full of sugar, and they send them back home to you. Podcast That's Dave has right. the same type of problem with his kids. You want to find a healthy alternative. This this Magic Spoon is amazing with protein, and you don't have all the junk and the sugar in it. It's fantastic, easy, and on the go. You can you can have it dry. You put it in little baggies for them to take in the car. You can also have it wet. You put in a little bit of milk. You can use oat milk. You can use almond milk. All of those things are for a healthy breakfast for the grandkids and for the kids like Podcast Dave have. And the best part, I'm telling you, Magic Spoon is delicious. I eat it now. It is so good. I do exactly what Josh is talking about. There's a variety pack we're talking about. They have cocoa flavor. There's fruit there is the peanut butter, which I think is fantastic, and the frosted is really good, too. Each flavor is outstanding. I like all of them. The big thing is each pack only contains zero, zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, zero grams of sugar. 
we're talking about you can have cereal without all the carbohydrates anymore. That is huge. Only 140 calories a serving. It's a keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. John, you can't ask for much more in a cereal. I'm just being honest. I love Magic Spoon. It's quick and easy in the mornings. When you're on the go, you can take it in your car with you. It's fantastic. MagicSpoon.com slash weighing in. That's what's going to get you there. And then you can use the weighing in promo code so you can get your discount $5 off of your order. I'm telling you, Magic Spoon, get away from the Kellogg's crap. Get away from all the stuff you buy at the stores. Protein in your cereal, no carbohydrates, basically, no sugar, definitely. This is the way to go, Magic Spoon. Weighing in, use that promo code, magicspoon slash weighingin.com. Go there now. This is the oh. fight. And don't get me wrong, the knockout at the end with Leon and with Usman, that definitely is what people are going to talk about. Yeah. But this fight, this fight, Honestly, people forgot who the main event was. People forgot Jose Aldo Marab were even on the card because the buildup to this fight was all over the press, the media. This this fight is what really brought a lot of eyeballs to people wanting to to pay for the pay per view. They thought, I think, a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of casuals, a lot of Karens, they all thought that it was going to be just another. Uh, Marab either dominating or Aldo getting the knockout or late kicks or whatever, and Luke getting knocked out right away in the first round or in the first 30 seconds, and they thought that Usman was just going to run away with it. Everyone thought they had the answers. And let's be honest, Aldo Marab turned out either we, I had, I thought Aldo was going to have a better performance. I thought I he was going to have more output. I thought he was going to actually come out in the third round and push the pace and really try to knock him out or try to get him out of there. He didn't do any of that. Uh, he had some good. He had some good time knees. All of those things. That fight didn't pan out the way that I anticipated it panning out. This Luke fight. I have to be honest. I got to be honest with everyone. That you guys. This is the. This is the Luke that. That I've always known. This Luke. People never gave him credit because he was good looking. Because, you know, he the he the way he his interviews were just the the cock the confidence the cockiness whatever cockiness. you want to call it. Yeah, you know, right. but this lead up to the way that he this lead up to the fight. This is the Luke that was pre Weidman. This is what this is the Luke that I saw every day in the Very gym. Very good. You Very see good the, call. The Luke that the Luke that he trained his fucking ass off. People don't realize when he fought uh, Weidman, it was just him and I in the gym nonstop and Dwight Grant. It was us three like he I was literally his grappling partner. For that whole camp, because it that just so happened that we fought in Jan. I think it was in January. He fought either early February and then I fought January, I believe. We were the only two. We, it was our fights. That was it. So like we had each other to train with. It was miserable having to fucking <laughs> grapple with that guy. He's a, an animal when he gets on top of you. He's nasty. He had he. It, there was moments after we would train. We would train for two hours. He'd come in a little bit early. He'd hit mitts with Hoff for about 35, 40 minutes. Then we'd, we'd train hard. He'd spar with Dwight Grant. He'd spar with a couple other guys that were amateurs at the time. And then we'd grapple, and we'd grapple three to five rounds because we both had five-round fights. And afterwards, he'd be out in the middle of the street, fucking you know, sweaty, disgusting, just fucking running his sprints. A long two hour long session. He was the first guy to ever bring in a real nutritionist to AKA. 
He was the very first guy. He he brought up. Uh, I want to say it was him that brought in Dan Leith, or maybe it was. I think it was him that brought in Dan Leith, and they fucking they he used him to, and we all piggybacked off of that and used Dan Leith and uh, and their performance, their nutrition performance uh, company. He was the guy that just he always went the extra step in making sure that every little thing was crossed off. My cardio done, my mitts done, my grappling done. He was that guy and my nutrition done. You know, everything that he did was calculated when it came to his camp. This was the this is the Luke that that I knew, the one that that put everything into every camp and had the conf this this was a confidence Luke. This wasn't a cocky Luke. This whole camp was confidence. He believed that he could win. He believed that he had all the tools. He believed that he did everything. He crossed everything off the list and was going to get that win. Because the Luke that lost to Bisbing, the Luke that lost to other people after that, that wasn't the same Luke. And I even said that a long time ago, John, when we were when we first started doing the show together. Yeah. I had said that that wasn't the Luke that I knew. That was I knew the Luke that beat Weidman. I knew the Luke before that they got to that title, the one that was hungry and thirsty. This is the Luke that I remember. You guys can say whatever you want about him, but I'm sorry. He did every fucking thing last night that showed who the who his real character is, who he is as a person, who he is as a fighter. He's a fucking dog. I've known that he's been a dog forever. There wasn't the what lost him, I think, that second round because I had I thought I had him winning the second round was his the way he looked, the fatigue. Like oh, he, I, he did no he doubt did, about he, it. He did the Trevor Prangley, oh. he, <laughs> and Trevor Prangley is my best friend in the whole damn world. He know. did the Trevor Prangley. We're calling it the Prangley from I'm now. I'm calling on. it the Prangley for now on, man. Yeah. The, the fight with uh, Jeremy Horn. He lost that fight because he looked exhausted. You know, and then this fight though, uh, that was Trevor Prangley lost that fight. But with uh, with Luke, Luke looked exhausted, but he landed the harder, cleaner shots in that second round. It wasn't until the growing shot when they separated and they came back. People, the judges forgot. There's too much time. He looked so tired. He looked exhausted. He must have broke his nose in that first round because it yeah. seemed like every time he got hit in that nose, he would look away and go, fuck, like, oh, yep. it hurt so bad. Yep. And if you don't think it hurts, ask Rory McDonald. It's not a pleasant situation. I've I've had my nose fractured. I've never had it smashed and broke. And look like Luke looked like it was fucking broke. You actually texted me. I think his jaws broke. The way he was holding his mouth. Yeah. Because he was, was trying to breathe. Well, he, he was trying, and I thought I was like, oh, I just yeah. said he might have broken his jaw. Yeah. And it was like, God damn. You know, and everything you're saying, you know, I've known Luke a long time. And his his entire come up in strike force and what he was like back then. And then I, just like we talked about with all the things that come your way. Well, when you look like him and you get those same things, it's even worse. (laughs) You know, I'm just being honest, you know, you know, it's funny, John, a lot of these people at home, they'll never understand what it's like to be good looking. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't even understand what it's like to be that fucking good looking. This son of a bitch. I I pose. I put a tweet out or a text out. I said, "This is leave your lady at home night. Don't bring your girl to come watch these two guys fucking fight. Oh, yeah. Leave her at home. You yeah. don't want her seeing these guys. Then you're gonna be yeah. paying a lot of money in pay per views every time Rock Cold and fucking Paulo Costa fight. Leave your girl <laughs> at home. Leave her at home. Yeah, that, that is the it's truth, Oscar but... De La Hoya effect, right? Oh my god! Just you know, and look." 
he was that good at one time and he was that talented the entire time he but he just kept building on top of it It got to the point where look he he had fights with guys like tim kennedy when tim was really good tough and he made you know he 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 just broke tim down in in the fights jacare broke him down and you look and you go man he is so good And, and the I say it all the time, and it's so hard to get people to understand. I'm going to go with Luke broke his nose. That hurt him. You know, Apollo broke Luke's nose. That hurt him. But he was good for about two minutes of that fight where he wasn't starting to become exhausted. After about two minutes of that fight, he was starting to get exhausted. You could see it. And that's part of an adrenaline dump. It's part was the altitude. You know, it's not that he wasn't in shape. It was everything. Wanting to do so good. Wanting to and he did he started started off looking good, man. You know, he came out, he was looking good. And I tell people, it's the worst feeling in the world to stand across from someone that wants to tear your head off and has that ability and know I can't lift my arms up. I'm exhausted. I can't move my legs. And to know that now it's not it's not that you just have this for 3 more minutes. You have this for 13 more minutes. And to feel that way the entire time and he did and make it through those 13 minutes. Ungodly attitude, desire, freaking just the worst feeling in the world and he said I'm not going to quit. Yeah. I will not stop. And and look at that. That had an effect on Paul. Apollo got tired trying to put him away. They were both throwing big, heavy shots at times. And Paulo touched his chin multiple times. And so if you're going to say Luke doesn't have the same chin that he had when he started, I'll agree. But his chin was back. It it took it. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah. But he took it. And so I, I just I want to praise his desire so much because you know mark coleman used to do that he would take and he would put both hands on his knees at times he got so tired and and i would uh, i'd be standing there saying don't do that mark don't do that mark because you know all you're thinking is someone taking a kick and their elbow popping the wrong way or anything it's like don't do that mark and i would feel so bad for him that he was that tired Mm -hmm. and i would but then i would be thinking you're not training the right way. I can't say that about Luke. Yeah, you know, Mark Coleman was a stud. He was just an uh, incredible competitor, but he would get that tired sometimes in fights. He would do that. And then I saw Luke Rockhold doing it last night, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's just I know where you're at, and I, <laughs> I've been there, and I've never been there with a guy that's that dangerous trying to take my head off, dude. You know, I understand if you say I can't go anymore, and no." You know, I thought, you know, I thought Jason Perillo did a great job at times in the corner along with Henry Hoof. Yeah. They were saying, you know, look at sometimes you just got to, hey, hey, you know, and you're, you know, you've got this and they're, they're rubber. And he was, they knew, they know, man, he, 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 it's all spent. But he went back out there and that second round, he hurt Paulo Costa multiple times. Paulo did not really hurt him in the second, but he looked hurt because he was mm-hmm. so exhausted yeah and i think that's what in the end i think they forgot everything that happened up to that one point and then the the fight shifted off of the stoppage 
Yeah, there was only like a minute left, I think, in the after the stoppage, minute and twenty or something like that left after the stoppage of the girl. Paulo looked way better in that in that time lapse too. And you know, that's what they saw. That's what they remembered seeing Luke look so bad. So I actually had it I I probably would have gone twenty nine twenty eight yeah uh for Paulo because I thought Luke hurt him so bad a couple of times, hurt him really well. You know, the the one part where and you know you, you were talking. We're too, we both have, have talked up Luke's ground game, mm -hmm. and it is phenomenal. But it's a top side ground game. Yeah, and no, he's, absolutely. He's not, he, he's not a bottom player, and so he is, when he isn't the guard, the guard is good, but he never he's got good there. When he, he's good when he gets his fucking butterfly hooks. Yes, he is there too. Okay, but when he when he only had the one, he was stuck, mm -hmm. and so he's he, but he's never been that great bottom side guy is not the guy that you know really can fucking swing around under there but when the third round and paulo goes down and luke goes after him and you look and you go i was deflated after that John. oh dude well because you know <laughs> hey it's everything he has and he goes after him there you know and there's just the body parts just don't work the same you can't stop yourself you can't balance the bases the there yep and you slide right over the top and he comes out, and I went, and that just says right there how exhausted yeah. you are. I understand, man. Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I love that fight. I, I don't want to take anything away from Paulo Costa. I thought Paulo Costa fought beautifully at times. I thought he kind of got caught into that, you hit me hard, I'm going to hit you hard thing. I thought there was a point, and it was really perfect. It was going into the third round. Perilla told him, stop trying to knock him out. Just touch him. If you touch him, you'll knock him out. Yeah. Just touch him. Just keep touching him. And how many times have we said that yeah. about fighters? We go, like, when you try to knock him out, it's not going to just keep touching someone. All, all of a sudden, they're going to fall because one of them is going to touch him in the right spot. And that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. And I thought both guys loaded up so much with a, with a, almost, a, I don't like you type of thing i want to knock you out and show you exactly you know who i am that it, it hurt both of them as far as overall performance of how how they could have played it out but you can't take anything from paulo costa he went out there he took big shots mm -hmm. guy's got a chin man yeah. he, he took some big shots he took some he does that thing where you hit him to the body and he goes like go ahead go again dude i love you for doing it but we all know it fucking hurts <laughs> okay <laughs> stop doing it i just put know. your fucking elbow down to your side and fucking just say yeah that i'm not gonna let you do it again but goddamn, you got balls dude yeah. you really do you know you're a stud of a fighter i thought you fought you know you fought with balls and you you put on a great performance it was it was a really nice paulo costa to see from what we thought was happening after the Israel Adesanya fight and then the Marvin Vittori fight. It's nice to see him come back, yeah, and have that type of performance because look, he he fought a, a good Luke Rockhold. He fought a guy that was a dangerous son of a bitch, and he got the win. So, yeah, I look at I look at that Paulo Costa it reminds me a little bit of the Paulo Costa who fought Joel Romero. Yep, you know the yep. scrapper, the 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 gamer to to wrestle, to transition, to do all those things. You know, Luke had a hard time getting the takedowns. They were, he was struggling really to get the takedowns. And he couldn't control the top position at times. I'm going to go back to the very beginning of this because I also want to talk about the, a little bit. I'm going to give a little trip into some of the, the younger fighters that are making their way up. 
if you guys are ever with Leon, Leon, Leon came out to Salt Lake City two weeks before because it was at altitude. Rockhold went out there, you know, I think a week and a half before, something like that, because it's at altitude. A week and a half to two weeks is not enough time. I want to make sure everyone understands that. If you one think month. being there, you need to be there exactly one month. And I'll give you the proof in the pudding is this. Cain Velasquez went Cain out two Velasquez. weeks before when he fought Verdum in Mexico City. Verdum went out there the month before, a month, almost almost five weeks. You want to know yep. why? Because he had already fought there previously. I believe he fought Mark Hunt there Mark previously. Hunt. That's right. And he said, I only went out two weeks before and had no effect. I felt like dog shit. He basically was like, this was, it was I was dying out there. I was exhausted. He came out a whole month before and look at the difference. <laughs> When you take guys that have good cardio, you take guys that are known for their cardio. In that in that same night that Kane lost to, to Verdum, I honestly believe that fight would have been completely different had the altitude not been a... a, 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 a Kane got exhausted. A, you know, he got a exhausted. guy that never, ever got exhausted in a fight. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and you look at other guys. Other guys on that card, Gil Melendez, Eddie Alvarez... Both of those guys were exhausted. They're both known for their cardio. It Tisha was, Torres. Tisha Torres. Exactly. Angela Hill. Those fi- someone shit their pants that night, I heard. <laughs> so, I no, and they, they, they basically like they, they got out of the cage. As soon as they got out of the cage, they were running to the back. They shit their pe- they shit themselves. And these are, I'm trying to remember the story on it, on who it was, but someone shit their pants that night, one of the fighters. Because I have altitude. no first-hand knowledge of that, and I they will not out- repeat a story. They got yeah, no, it's, I get you, but it was an, I don't know who it was, but it was an altitude yeah, sickness. They ended up getting altitude sickness. Oh, you don't remember? Yeah. You do remember, but you don't can't say. And yeah, I'm good. I'm You're a good that. man. You're a good man. Yeah. See me, I would have fucking thrown you under yeah, right away. Don't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't have. There's no What's way. What's the point? Yeah, someone did. Yes. Um. But Luke, when I look, there's a lot of things, a lot of factors that played into the exhaustion with with Luke Rockhold. Three way, three years away coming back the adrenaline dump the altitude the guy he's fighting the guy yep. that just comes forward the guy with big power the guy that is hard to take down he's got those he's fucking physically looks like he's an animal like super strong all the guys that he could have fought that Rocco could have fought uh, he picked the one of the most dangerous guys especially oh. them now we got the motivated Paulo Costa we got that guy the one that looked like the one he fought um Yoel Romero Luke fought the best Paulo Costa we've seen since the Yoel Romero fight. That guy. And Luke did a great job. But like you said, I can't take anything away from Paulo Costa. He fought a good fight. Came forward. Stuffed the takedowns. Made Luke pay when the opportunities were there. He had a ton of heart. He was he was exhausted as well. Fuck he yes. was so tired. And there was moments where Luke had he had a little bit more left in the tank after the adrenaline dump and the altitude and the pressure and all the spinning kicks and all that shit. He pulled Luke would pull a spinning kick out of his ass in the middle of looking <laughs> like he fucking was about ready to collapse. Dude, he like, did that three sixty yes. spinning kick. I was like where the hell did that come? You know how much energy that just took? It's ridiculous. ridiculous. <clears throat> but it made it made for it really to me that fight stole the show. Um my buddy was watching the fight, I was over at his place watching the fight and he goes, Up until that he's like, Man, this is a, he's like, This card wasn't worth the money. And then Luke's fight happened and he's like he's like, This fight itself I would have paid for. Just by itself, yeah. knowing the yep. way that it came out. It exactly. it got us pumped up for the main event. You know, it, it really did get us going. Like, it got us. We don't remember the fights that happened before. 
You know, I remember that fight, and that was a great fight. Just to think, John, here we are. What are we? We're fucking... We're an hour in already, right? Yeah, we're an hour yeah, in, and fights. we've talked about two fights. Jesus. All right, look, we're going to stop rambling on. Paul Costa, no, no, congratulations. No, no, no. Great thing. Paul well, Costa, congratulations. Luke, uh, you know, you saw Luke. You know, he's up against the cage, and Rogan goes to him. I thought, I thought he was going to retire. He didn't, but I love him. He starts, you know, and he, dude, there was so much emotion. I'm old. You know? No, he's done, he's, John. Huh? He's done. Did he say he was retiring? He didn't say he's retired. He just said, I'm old. I'm stepping. He's like, basically, yeah. It's, he's like, yeah. it's, it's over. Like, I'm done. Yeah. And I, so I mean, it's, yeah. I just, just all of it. You just look and you go, hey, if this was the last one, thanks, bud. Yeah. I, I don't need anything more from you. I love, I love the way you went after it. And, and I want to say this. Yeah. I know Dana said, oh, he's gibberish. You know, everything that Luke was saying. Yeah. fucking right on okay if you know this sport you know what's going on and stuff and he's the one thing he's so right about he goes look this is about leverage and when you have leverage against them a la conor mcgregor mm -hmm. yes they will work with you and stuff and, and that's just part of it when you don't have any leverage they're gonna force you or put you in that slot that is what works for them yeah. and there is no give and that's I'm not saying anything against the UFC. I understand why you're doing it that way. You gotta to run to run and maintain that machine. Let, let me let me say this, and because everyone's gonna sit there and say I hate Dana White. I don't hate Dana White. I will tell you that Dana White is the greatest promoter that has ever lived. Okay, take a look at all the big time promoters you can think of. All right. Especially nowadays. So you got Eddie Hearn with fucking Matchbox. You got. Let's not even uh, talk about boxing promoters. They fucking suck. Okay, but <laughs> who puts on, think about this, as many shows in a year? Because we're not only talking about UFC pay per views, we're talking about UFC fight nights. We're talking about tough things. We're talking about Dana Contenders. White contender series. We're talking about more fights promoted in a year than there are weeks. It's. Yeah unbelievable there's only one promoter name on all those that's dana white there's nobody and when he says nobody no nobody does what we do he's right yeah there's no one else that can can do it it's remarkable how many fights they're putting on so but to do it you have to be in control of all this and so they do pigeonhole people they do put them in slots and say hey this is it take it or leave it and until you have leverage, you know, that's that's your slot in life. Yeah, John, they, like everything Luke said leading up to the fight, and I, I figured people would discredit him because of oh, he got if he would have got knocked out, they'd be like, see, the guy's fucking. He knew he was on the way out. He just no chin. Da da da. Talked a ton of shit about him. Then he had a performance like he had, and the way he finished the fight by rubbing the blood in the face of. But that to me was. That that got the crowd so fucking pumped leading into the main event. If you're Dana White, you're going, you're fucking must-watch TV. I like, want you guy. back. I want you back. He's thinking to himself, that yeah. right there, people are going to remember you for this. Doesn't I'll matter bet you. the results. Josh, I will bet you that Dana went to the back and said, hey, you know, take some time. Take yeah. some time, heal up. But God damn it, I love the way you went out there. I love what you did. Absolutely. I love the heart you showed. Yeah. Let's talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And so, um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that everything that Luke said is absolutely true. No. Absolutely true about fighter pay. Absolutely true about uh, bonuses. I was more on the bonus situation where you're right. The bonuses could be more, but they're also considered bonuses. They're a bonus. So, exactly. Don't, don't say anything about a bonus. In terms of the contracts, fighter pay should be more. It sh- and I'm never going to deny that. But look, fighters sign contracts. They know what they're signing. They know what they need to honor that contract. If you don't like that contract, don't fight don't sign it. Don't sign it. Don't fight there. I agree. You. This really comes down to every single fighter. Make a choice. Do you want to be famous in the UFC and make a little bit less? Or do you not want to be famous and make a little bit more fighting in other organizations? Because those other organizations have to pay you more if they want to get you. There's no reason for you to go to their organization if you can make the same amount of money in the UFC and become famous. There's no reason if you think about it. Shane Burgos has said, look, I'm going to put money first. He's going to the PFL. He could potentially, and also I heard that he's fighting at 55. He's not fighting at 45. Yeah, one fight at 45, and then he's going to be yeah. in the tournament at 55. Yeah, someone, was Which, telling, someone said okay, that. Okay, but that 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 talk we were talking about, I'm not too sure he can do that and be successful at 45 because of how much weight he's dropping. 55 makes sense. It makes sense. It does make sense. But he went where the money was. Luke Rockhold, Luke Rockhold came in with an attitude. It's like, look, I'm doing my part. And John, you have three rules, right? Or not three rules or whatever it is about being a fighter. Yeah. You know, train hard, fight hard, and make the fucking weight. You know, those seven. I don't be know. On, I, be on time, make weight, and you fight your ass off. And that's the biggest thing. And Luke did all of those things. He showed yep. up. He trained hard. He showed up. He fought his ass off. You know, he made the weight. And can't you can't more. ask for anything more. You know, and then that's the that's the Luke Rockle that I remember. Paul Costa fought a great fight. Tip my hat to him. Money wise, Luke was on point. Don't discredit what he said leading up to this fight just because he lost. That that shit drives me nuts. Just because someone just because someone lost, or just because someone got knocked out, or so they got submitted. Oh, everything they said before that is bullshit. No, it's I not guess, that. Hold it's on, all I, I true guess, still. I guess what he said to a, a reporter. I know who that reporter was, but I, I don't. What he said. What he said to the reporter about, you know, Cheeto Vera is like, look, he's telling you something. He knows that guy, and that guy was not pleased with what you did. So he's telling you, do your homework, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. And that guy gave don't some sit, bullshit fucking Don't sit there and try excuse. to justify it. No, he did. Yeah, you're, you're, there you're doing it. Yeah. You're justifying it. Just say, gotcha. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. I, I, I fucking miscalculated. I screwed, that up. I screwed it up. Yeah. You're right. I got to do better. And leave it no, at that. I would have left Let me it. make an excuse. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no one. Instead, let me fight you and argue to the bitter uh, end. Now everyone uh, knows I, you're a total dumbass. I, dumb I know bad. his manager, Jason House. We're good friends. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Jason f- House isn't the guy you're talking about. When it's Jason House, then you can go with it. <laughs> Him and Chito are very good friends, by the way. Yeah. Like, very good friends. And so the um, they've got to know each other, you know, since training at Ruka so much. Yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah. that's 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 uh, that's the media for you. All right, let's go on to the next one. All right, y'all. This is going to be a five-hour show. I'm gonna Jesus, I'm just kidding. Jesus. Look at my podcast day. <laughs> yeah. All right, we had Marab Davlashili against the man Jose Aldo. The it, it didn't happen to be the fight. I thought Marab was going to be able to take him down since he takes everybody down, and I thought he would grind out a fight. I thought. Aldo would have his moments where he possibly could, you know, do some damage and keep it up. But I thought that Marav, Marav couldn't take couldn't take him down. Yeah, I was, you know, I was very surprised by the fact that he couldn't and how good Aldo's defense was. 
but all that pressure by the third round, Aldo was exhausted. By the by the middle of the second, he was tired. Yeah. You could tell by the middle of the second. He was just there was no output. We've uh, we've seen Aldo shut down before in yep. certain fights. Um he just he's so he understands how much work and effort it takes to stuff the takedown. He understands he can't leave himself out of position. Andre Petneris was telling him don't strike, defend takedown first, then strike. Once you know you've already stuffed the takedown, then strike. That's what he told him in the corner. Yeah, At least that's yeah. what the translator said. So yeah. it was, yeah. don't overextend yourself. Don't get into a slug match because that's when you're going to get taken down. Defend the takedown first, then strike. And that's what Aldo did. This goes back to what I said with the, uh, with the Trevor Whitman and the uh, Leon Edwards fight. You got to have corners like that that are truthful with you or that are telling you what's going on. Like, Hey, you need to, it doesn't matter if you defend the takedown anymore. You're fucking losing. Yep. You know, and Jose Alba should know that that's the thing. Like you fought so many guys at the highest level and just destroyed them and, and picked them apart and dismantled them, especially in this one, in this Bantamweight run where you've come back, you've dismantled all these young guys and you should, it just, to me, it felt like you should have known that you were down Leave it out there. Let it go. Like you're, you have nothing else to prove. You were undefeated for over 10 years. I mean, like we understand, like, let it all go champ. Let it go. Yeah. No kicks, no calf kicks. Like he had one Very or two few. kicks. I mean, I want to see calf kicks. Now I don't care if I see the leg kick from him, especially against a wrestler, but he had a great combination where he threw the right hand. I think it was the right hand left body shot and threw the head kick. It was vintage Jose Aldo, but it was one time throughout the whole fight. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's like ah, I just if I was a betting a betting man, which which I'm not because I don't have a lot of money. Um, I would just I would have done I would have done the Jose Aldo take on this because he was the underdog. I would have had the calf kick in being in effect, and I also would have had the combinations throwing Marab off. It was a three round fight, so I thought for sure Aldo would still two rounds. He just he was so concerned about being taken down. He knew that Marab's cardio was good. And he was just defensive, and the corner wasn't helping him get out of his shell. <sighs> it was, it, it, well, it's one of those. Everyone wanted to see him kick more, and I did. But I thought that the jab would be a big difference in this fight for him. And he never, ever got it. Never even really went with it. Yeah. He waited. He was waiting, waiting, waiting for Marab to make that sh shot in. And then he decided you know, he, what he would do. But he. Again, if there's one bad habit a guy that knows how to fight so well has, he consistently goes straight back. Yeah. He just does not turn the corner for that lateral movement. It's okay to take that one step back. It's okay to take the two steps back. Hmm. If you're taking a third step straight back, you're not doing what you need to do. You need to you know change that angle so the guy now cannot go straight into you and catch you up against the cage. And that's what was consistently happening here. I take nothing. I love Marab. I think the guy is phenomenal. And I'm going to say this. I loved what he said. Yeah. After that fight, man. I'll tell you what. The the respect and what he said about Aljamain Sterling. And everyone's going to think, I I don't hate Aljamain at all. You know, I think he's a phenomenal fighter. But. Him saying, I came to America, I, you know, I thought I was, you know, this, you know, I could beat everybody. I find this camp. He goes, and this guy, he, says, he showed me, you know, how much I didn't know. I, I was an amateur. It was, it was horrible. I got beat all the time. 
and and I, I am the fighter I am today because of him. And you want me to fight him? That's not going to happen. You know, he beats me in the gym all the time. And, and look, at, I'm not saying, you know, what happens in the gym there. I don't know what happens with them. But the respect that he paid to, look, at, that's a guy that you spend your life with. That's It's different than people realize. There is a bond that happens in that that sometimes, you know, I, I don't care about the title. My friendship and my trust and bond with this guy is way more important. Way to put it out there. I love yeah. that. The the question is going to get asked nonstop by reporters. I'm glad he said what he said, but it's not going to yep. stop. They're going to keep asking him. The UFC is going to continue to keep pushing that fight uh, because we, we're we not going to pay you this amount of money to not fight for the title. You're either going to have to fight for it or we're just going to basically – we're not going to fight you. And they will <laughs> fight him, but they're going to fight, They're going to try to have him fight the hardest and toughest matchups that they can possibly sure. fight for him. Because look, if you, until they get him beat, so they can go back down, because they don't want to continue to pay him what they're paying him. I don't know what they're paying him. In yeah. terms of what the Jose out, Al- like uh, not Jose out, Al- but the jo- uh, Sterling situation, he is like John. You, people think that we don't like Aljo. I like to poke jabs at him, you know, because he said some mean things to us, and I'm cool with that. Whatever, like I get it. Yeah, we have a good. podcast. People are gonna. I've had our own Bellator fighters, you know, get mad at us for things we've said. <laughs> Because yep. they see us and they talk to us and they're like, look, guys, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And um, I got nothing but respect for Aljo in terms of his fighting. But I want to see and I got no skin in the game. I don't dislike him. I just I just don't I don't care like who wins or who loses. Or I don't care who fights and who doesn't yeah. fight. It doesn't bother me. None of that stuff bothers me. Um, people people online don't bother me. People out in the world don't bother me. I have my own life, man. Like when at the end of the day, we're all going to go back home and be our own people. And that's what's going to happen. Marab fighting Aljo. I, I don't care if you if you guys fight. It doesn't bother me. You know, um, if you want to wait till Aljo loses, if he ever does lose, or if you want to wait until you know an interim <laughs> title and potentially take that, and then whatever it is, that's all up to you guys. You know, you guys talk about it as teammates. The media will not let this go though, because, and I give you an example was when I was after I beat Nate, Gray Manor was ranked ahead of me. And then he lost to to Nate Diaz, uh, not Nate. He lost to Grant, uh, Neil Grant, Neil Grant, T.J. Grant, T.J. Grant. He lost T.J. Grant, but they, they they wouldn't let that go. Yeah, Gray's your teammate. You know, like when are you guys gonna fight? And then I went to go corner right after that fight. I went to go corner um, uh, Khabib, and he was I think twenty one or twenty. He was twenty one or twenty two and zero at the time, and they were like, hey. He's undefeated. He's got. He's on a run. You he's know, your teammate. He's your teammate. And I was like, dude, you guys leave it alone. Like, not to mention, I'm fucking almost forty, and this guy's fucking nineteen. Not, like, he's gonna. It's gonna be a while before we fight. But there was always something. Ariel asked Khabib after that. He asked Khabib right after he fought. Uh, after I cornered him for the Pat Healy fight or the Able Trio fight, he asked him, "Hey, you know, Josh beat Nate." Josh, you know, looking for a title shot. You know, you're making your way up. He asked him right in front of me. You guys going to ever fight? And I'm like, can't leave it alone. They won't leave it alone. They're going to try to stir the pot. Go back, go back in history in terms of, in terms of, um, the sport. John Jones was shot Evans. You know, they were looking for that fight just nonstop to the point where it broke the camp up. I mean, there's been yep. multiple times, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. I mean, there's been multiple times where the media doesn't leave it alone because they want to get that fight into the point where it causes an issue within the camp. 
So I, they, Marab and, and, and Aljo, I mean, I know you guys are young. I know you guys are extremely talented. You guys are both good. You probably, Aljo doesn't want to hear anything I have to say. But, dude, <laughs> just being honest, man, don't let them get between you. If you guys are good friends, don't listen to anything I say. Do as, do as least amount of interviews as you possibly can talking about that. If they start prying this stuff, say, look, I have nothing to say. Next question. Because they will twist your words in a headline. Just say, clickbait. asked and answered. Exactly. There you go. I'm just here so I don't get fined. All right. <laughs> <laughs> March on um, Lynch to the end. Yeah. John, let's uh let's go through what fights through this car did you enjoy? Um I like the Tyson Pedro fight. I didn't I, you want to talk about the next fight, the uh the female fight? Or did you uh, want to no. Okay, so I Tyson mean, was, Pedro Go ahead. Putalova look coming back. I remember when she first got to the UFC, there was a lot of holes in her game. She's working at SBG in uh, Ireland. I think they've done a great job. She's got a ground game. Mm -hmm. Now she used it. Yeah. Um you know, congratulations to her. I I had not seen Wu fight before, so mm -hmm. I, I was this her first time in the UFC? No, no, nah, she's on yeah. a losing streak. I had not seen her. There's there's some holes there that need to be. Uh, she looked a lot smaller. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, she true. seemed smaller. She didn't seem physically true. strong. Like I don't know, if she's in the wrong weight class. I don't even know what weight class this is, but she was. Uh, yeah, she she was seemed a little bit smaller. She when should you maybe say go down physically weaker. Yeah, noticeably. Yeah, it was noticeable. Noticeably in this comparatively. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I want to give it up for you. The Tyson Pedro fight was a fight. You know, look, I knew that what was going to happen when we talked about it. No, it's no tough disrespect. though, John. Oh no, no, no. no. We, Tyson Pedro. Tyson Pedro is oh, going to be the real deal. Oh yeah, especially at light heavyweight. Yeah, I think he's he's a player. Yeah, you know, he's just he he's a confidence guy. Yeah, he needs confidence. That's true. And but doesn't so every this, fighter? Doesn't every yes, fighter? Yes, but you know some some need to be brought along in a different fashion, and I think he does. Okay, and he needs to build on that, and I think uh, that's what they're doing. I think they see it. Uh, nothing against Harry Hunsaker, good guy, tough guy, L looked actually really good coming down to uh, two hundred five and stuff. But it's just levels, and you know that was Tyson, a level he he isn't ready for. Tyson's got a good look to him. Oh yeah, He's got a country behind him. Good camp, extremely marketable. Everything the yep. UFC is looking for. Yep. Just give me a country. Give me someone who can talk on the microphone. Give me someone who has a look and fucking can fight. And th those. That's it. He hit. He checks all the boxes. Yep. Now it's up that's to it. him. It's up to that's him it. to get the job done. You can't ask for anything more if you're Dana White. Exactly right. Yep. I do want to talk about Marcin Tabura against uh, Roma. Oh, oh man hey man i'll tell you what romanoff went out in the first round and did exactly what we thought and the altitude got to him he was tired this is what tyson this is what tybura does marcin tybura takes a lot of abuse at times and just sticks around in the fights you go down his record and there's many fights that he was losing the first round and he comes back because he's just a damn you know, Timex, he takes a licking and keeps on ticking, man. And I'll tell you what, he deserved that fight. Absolutely. That was, I, there was, well, there was people saying, oh, no, rubbing up. Nope. Ty, you know, Tybura, Marcin Tybura, tough dude. He is, he's a problem in the heavyweights because he's, he's actually good everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a great stand up fighter, you're better than him. If you're a great ground guy, you're better than him. If you're a great wrestler, you're better than him. 
but he's pretty good everywhere. That's all you got to be. That's it. And yep. I'll tell you what, he's going to be around in the heavyweight division for a long time because you got to be really good and, and put him in bad spots and get rid of him early. Don't freaking yeah. let him back in because he's going to be standing there in front of you still slinging. Uh, congratulations. I thought that was a great win by Tybura. It was driving me crazy um, listening to DC and Rogan and and uh, and Anik talk about potentially the first round being a 10-8. I was like, you guys just went through this whole judging thing. There was Jesus, no damage. No, they did not. There was no damage. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. The the slams were beautiful. They were great. They looked fantastic. And the yeah, control. But they didn't do anything. But they didn't do anything. It was a big takedown. Okay, big yeah. deal. Like, it had it been two suplexes, like, on his fucking head where, you know, he was like, but it wasn't. Uh, they were just, and I, I love all three of those guys. Honestly, I believe they are fantastic. They've gotten a lot better since the ruling. They, they've stopped talking about the scoring. They've stopped talking about the judging. They stopped talking about, they, but they also have now started giving credit where credit due, where it's a hard job to do. Those, I think it's fantastic. Look, but the 10 8, the first round was not a 10 8 round. And I'm watching, but then, John, you know, and, and I know as well. When you're there sitting cage side, sometimes it looks like an extremely dominant round, which it was a dominant round, but it wasn't dominant to the point where, you know, noses were broken, jaw was broken, whatever, like, you know, close submissions or, you know, cuts everywhere. It wasn't that type of round. It was dominant in control. It was dominant in wrestling, but that's no different than like you said about switching positions from the fence to the ground. And that's it. This was one of those fights where Tybura was still there. Yep. The, the altitude, the cardio, the, all those things had an effect. Tybura is the guy that will just, he will just still be there after the first round, after he takes everything he has, and he'll just continue to just walk you down slowly. He fights at a steady pace. So if you can't keep a steady pace at a heavyweight division, which most heavyweights can't, yep. they want to fight hard for a split second and then go backwards. Fight hard back for a split off. second and back away. You can't do that with Tybura. He will slowly walk you down and make you fight at his pace. It's very uncomfortable. It's yep. uncomfortable when you're exhausted. You know, like you said, you were talking about earlier with Mark Coleman. It's uncomfortable when somebody is pushing you around. All you want to do it's is put your hands on your knees. It's like, this yeah. sucks. That's you horrible. are pushing me to the point where I just want to just give up, put my hands on my knees and be like, screw this shit. Why did I sign yep. up for it? But uh, great job by Tybora. Great performance uh, after the first round. Had a nice job. What other fights on here do you want to talk about? Uh, Got to talk about Sean Woodson against Saldana with what uh, happened, everything. Jesus. You know. Uh, Fucking you know, rookie mistake. It was a rookie mistake. It was not uh, not well Not, not mistake. Out. Rookie mistakes. Yeah. Like, let's make it plural there. Multiple. But this is, and a lot of times what will happen, a lot of people are, you know, uh, upset with this as far as who won. Look, Sean Woodson got hurt. That, he got hit. I want to say it was a left hand that put him down. It was a jab. No, that well, was the second one. Uh, yes, okay, that's what I thought you were talking about. The setup was a, was a left hook that puts yeah. him down, and he does the rollover, and when he gets up, a jab puts him down, and then he does the, the knee into the head. Come on, dude. How many, how many times do you have to be told, don't need the head of a grounded fighter, okay? So it's there. So he's jumping all around while time is being called. And this is, you know, and I said, well, let's see what, you know, what's going to happen here because the, the fight possibly can shift because you got one guy in Saldana who thinks he won. 
he's jumping around. He's the the adrenaline burst is out there. He's mentally, I've won the fight. And now you got to come back and fight again. And he ended up having to fight for the three rounds. Not an easy thing. It, he was exhausted at the end of it. Uh, but, wow, he should he should have had a win there. He should yeah. have been able to. The the round being uh, you 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 had tell you that that might be a, a nine eight round. Anik had said that it could yeah. be a nine eight round. Well, I said it first, and Anik heard me. Oh, he, okay, he heard you. So I'm sorry. That's why <laughs> that's why he put out the bad information. I actually texted it to DC, and he probably showed it to Anik, and Anik used it. <laughs> and I and I sat there and I go, no, that's a it's going to be a nine nine, and it ends up on all three. But you know, the real problem here is. That as a as a split draw, was it a good decision? No, no. And and here's the problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you know, not on not on blast. And I'm not I'm not gonna put out names. But this is what happens with commissions. One of those judges is someone that was from the state of Utah. That is a person who he was a commissioner. Okay. Never fought. It's never been part of anything. But as soon as you become part of a commission, all of a sudden, a couple of things happen. People become know-it-alls about fighting, or they become tough guys. That person is no longer on the actual commission board, but now they're a judge. That was a judge of that fight. Nothing against the person. He's a good person, but he doesn't know what he's looking at. And he went with the wrong person because that buggy choke that Sean Woodson put on Saldana, it was good at a certain point. It was tight at a certain point. And it was the biggest influence in that round because it controlled the fight. It it almost had Saldana out. And he gave the damn round to the wrong guy. Hmm. And you look and you go, so the judges, as far as two judges... You know, they uh they would have given it to the right guy. I looked at it and said, okay, but you know, it's it's just it should not happen in our sports. But this is what happens when you bring government <clears throat> in. It's wrong. I mean, like all the all those things aside, though, John, let's talk about the bonehead mistake that Saldana made. Like that's really what it came down to. This fight should have right. never went past the second round. <clears throat> It should have been, or was it the first round or the second round that happened? First round. First round. Should have gone he, past the first he round. He drops him, showboats, instead of finishing him up. He could have got him out of there right there on the spot. That yeah. was one. Two is, um, then he goes out there and drops him again with the jab and instead throws the knee. Slow it down, be controlled, get the finish. All yeah. of those things are bonehead mistakes. You, look, you haven't won shit. That, that's the biggest thing. You haven't won anything in your career. Nothing. What are you doing? You don't get paid by the minute. Stop showboating. <laughs> like I get it when these older when the, when the when the when the legends come out and they showboat a little bit. They the, the fans were there to see them. Let them do whatever the fuck they want. These young kids get it. I get it. Build it up. But one thing I can say, like Sean O'Malley, he's a performer, but he's a fighter. He's not out there fucking raising his hand, showing. He is a fucking fighter. He's trying yeah. to get someone out of there every single time. I, I, he Saldana, doesn't do anything that's not no. part of trying to finish the fight. Exactly. And in this scenario, you can't allow somebody 
just to get back up after you had them on stanky legs. I mean, he was literally when Woodson fell down, he was face almost face down, ass up. And all he had to do was just follow up on the very first knockdown. All he had to do was follow up. Yeah. It wasn't there. It's a bonehead mistake. There's no, it doesn't matter. It, it does, doesn't matter what the judges did, John. That fight should have yeah. been over after the first round. Let's be real. You're right. You're right. So, I'm, here, I am bowing to you. On <laughs> You're right. It should have been over in the first round. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about the Prangley effect in this next one because the Prangley effect hit both. Ah, yes. <laughs> AJ Fletcher. It was a good fight, though. It was a it was a great fight, but yeah. you know it was a uh, it went too long because yeah. both guys were definitely hurt at certain points in it and stuff. Both guys showed a lot of toughness, a lot of grit. Lusa was uh, definitely putting it on Fletcher for some of that. Then he got rocked. It, he was tired. I gotta give you know AJ. Look, you went after him. You gave it everything you had, yeah. and then you you blew it out to the point you had nothing left. I actually had someone on Twitter says, you know, what must a referee do when two fighters are exhausted and just laying there? <laughs> Let them get their breath. What must a referee give them time to suck some fucking air? What the hell do you think? They're human. You know, they're exhausted. Says yeah. the guy from his couch and his fucking Doritos. Dude, <laughs> like, what the hell? I mean, wait, do people think that this is like, oh, you know what? You just, you know, you're extra boost, you know? Guy, guy gave everything he had. That's some shit that it, fucking podcast Dave would have texted us. It just wasn't <laughs> enough to finish the fight. It was like, man, what do you want from these guys? Oh, but I thought both guys fought their you know asses off. Tough fight. When you talk about looking yeah. exhausted, AJ Fletcher, you know, look beat, look yeah. exhausted. That's why I said the Prangley effect. That's what we're using from now on. Yeah. But uh, you got to really give it up for Amir. Albaziz, mm-hmm. Albazi. I'm sorry, Albazi. Fought a good that fight. That kid looked good. He did look good. That, that kid did. looked good. He made you know? uh, Figueroa look like he didn't belong in there. Looked average. Yeah. Yep. Good fight. So. Uh that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Our very the, long. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Auri fight. I don't even know how you say his last name or how you say it. Yeah. But anyways, that was actually a pretty good fight, man. Yeah. Uh, well, that was your guy. You talked about. Yeah, yeah. Was he. he uh, no, no, no. He wasn't my guy I talked about. Oh, I thought you talked about No, no, no. I talked about Uchegbu in uh, oh, that's PFL, right. yeah. That's right. Uh, but no, good good, uh, good fight. Back and forth, I thought. I don't even know how you say his name. Orori. He uh, he had some good. He's he's action-packed. He got, looks like he possesses some power. But in that third round, he got tired. You could tell the altitude got to him. And uh, Perrin, Perrin, I don't remember his name. How you say it? Yeah. But Perrin or Perrin, he came on in that third round, just wasn't enough, but it was a great fight. If you're looking, I said, in the beginning of this, when we started talking about the UFC, there was a couple fights that kept me interested as we went along. Not all the fights were great, okay? And we understand, I think everyone understood, this was not a stacked card except for the three top fights. They, they, yeah, but that's, they, that's what a pay-per-view is. I, I agree with you, John. I'm not disagreeing with that. But the fights, there was like one good... Like I, To me, I got into the, the Ari and Perrin fight, or Perrin fight. Then I got into the um, into the Lusa fight and Fletcher fight, because it was back oh, and yeah. forth. The Fletcher had him rocked. The yep. uh, the Woodson and uh, you were Saldana into Woodson fight. And Saldana, you had to be. Because of all the drama and the stupidity yep. that was going on. Uh, yep. There was stupidity. good fights. Yeah, Tybura had me going because he got thrown around like a rag doll. So there was the fights every time I was like, oh, man, it's getting boring. Oh, shit. Here's a good fight. Oh, man, this fight's not what I want. Oh, look at this. What happened? It was 
It was a night that kept me intrigued throughout. Great job by the UFC. Great job by the fighters. Tip my hat to you guys. Great performances. And uh, if it is Luke Rockholds, which I believe it is his last fight, my brother, I love you. Great fight. You showed everyone the Rockhold that I grew up watching grow from the time you were young through the AKA days. And um, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss seeing you in the cage, brother. I'm going to miss it, but I wish you nothing but the best. Love you. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right into, you want to talk about Usyk first or you want to talk about the PFL? Uh, let's go with Usyk. Let's go Usyk. Usyk, Usyk and Joshua. Joshua. God damn. Let, let, let's, let's talk real quick. Bad, bad decision. Split decision, really? Is that what we're doing Holy these days? Holy shit. God, had me throwback, like old school boxing judging stuff, like just corrupt. People want to talk fuck. about MMA having bad... Dude, when you when you have twelve rounds to make it wrong, to fuck it that up, means yeah. you're really bad. <laughs> it was so bad because it, it wasn't a hard fight to judge. No, I would say there round was, six was the hard round for me to judge. Round, round six. six was close. Round two, I thought some some gave uh, Joshua the first round. I thought that actually Usyk hit him with the better shots, but they were both in a feel out. Round two, I thought went to Joshua. I want to say. Round six, I think, went to Joshua. It was round eight was really Joshua's. Yeah. He was coming on. Mm-hmm. And then Usa came back in round nine and, and stuff. And I'm looking, I'm going, you may give Joshua four, maybe five rounds mm-hmm. in this. That's it. Yeah. You know, not, and, and I, I, I like, I really like Anthony Joshua. I thought he fought really well. I love the fact he was going to the body in the way that he was. I thought he fought a better fight. By far than he fought Usyk in the first one, he's just having problems with the speed. He has problems with the left hand. He has problems with the footwork when it comes to Usyk because Usyk steps outside of his foot all the time. And when Usyk does throw that left hand, he connects with it a lot, and uh, he gives him problems. And it, it was—I thought it was a really good fight by both guys. I thought Usyk showed how tough he is that dude you know he, what really bothered me was the damn referee and that he allowed joshua to do certain things dude understand in boxing head. you Just can't this. dirty box hold and hit that's oh, randy couture in mma it's allowed in boxing it's not allowed he was doing it okay a lot, john he did it a lot not only that night. he's also pushing his head down and laying on him yeah there's a reason why he's doing that yeah he's okay big. it's a bigger guy it's all it's all trying to gain an advantage here. And what are you doing? Then he actually hits him with a hammer fist. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Oh man, John. Um I had I had Usyk winning um four of the first five. Then I had him losing the six. I think he, six I, 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 yeah, six and eight for sure. I I think I leaned I think I leaned towards Joshua in the seventh. I want to say I leaned towards, but I I don't think I I think I gave it to Joshua. I had him losing I think, anyways, it, yeah, it was like one or two. I think it was two. I had it, gave it to Joshua. Maybe it was one. I can't remember. And then, uh, but then it was it was six. I had and like one sixty, sure. one twelve, something like that. But look, overall, the speed was definitely a factor. There was moments where Joshua was throwing, and he was. You could see that Usyk would come out, he would turn and come out the corner, but then Usyk wasn't throwing a lot after that. Joshua was standing there. Facing this direction. Oh, and Usyk, and Usyk was, was, to was over his there. Right, was to his left side. Yeah, 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 to his left. All the time. And I kept on saying, why is he not th- taking that step and throwing that overhand left? Yeah. And my biggest thing is, you know what was going through my mind the whole time? 
dude, you do not want to fight Tyson Fury. He will fucking annihilate you with, with that type of footwork, except he throws off of all that. Usyk yeah. wasn't throwing off of that. That fight could have been ended. I wouldn't say ended, but it could have been a lot more of a difficult fight for Anthony Joshua had Usyk thrown off of those. Com- you can see with the Loma, Loma being there and Lem being, you know, and then they kind of work together apparently because they're both Ukrainian. They talk. He looked fantastic on the step out. Like Loma does, it just wasn't throwing off of the step he just, out. He was exactly. You've got to wait for Joshua to turn there. and start to throw and blast him and yep. blast him, and he didn't do it, and he didn't capitalize on that scenario in those situation in that situation. He create he created the angle. The footwork was beautiful. Yeah. He steps out. Here's your angle. Your guy has mm-hmm. got to turn towards you. Yeah, let it, it go. Just, it wasn't there, but I thought Usyk. Dug dug deep after those body shots in like the eighth round, I think it was. He yep. got some big body shots. He took some more big body, body shots. Body shots are making tenth. a big difference. In the tenth or eleventh, he took some big body shots again, but he still fought through it, finished the rounds hard. I mean, it was it was a good fight. It was a lot better performance by Joshua. It was um I neither one of these guys can beat Tyson Fury. I like Usyk. So neither one of them are gonna beat Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, even so. though for a big guy, he's a fast guy. He's fast. he's fast. He's got good footwork. He's got great head movement. The one, and the, you get, look at. There's one thing I got to say about Usyk. If you want to watch a guy that we talk about, get your head off the center line. Here's a guy that does it all the time. Yeah. He takes and he he's moving that head off the center line. He does tend to go to his inside right. Yeah. His weak side with his head more often, and it's something that, as a tell, if you were going to fight him. You might want to start to look and say, "Okay, I'm going to bring something that side every time." But, well, that's because it's southpaw versus conventional. Yeah. And so I think he goes be. to that side, yeah, to avoid you know the shots. Um, I, I get I get why he goes that way, go to the outside of the power, but he slipped on the inside quite a bit and then counter with the straight left. I saw yep. him do that a couple of times. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's I think that's part of why he brings his head off to his right side so much as it sets up his left hand. Yeah, it does. But what I'm saying is he actually slipped in towards the power and then threw the straight left oh, yeah. a couple of times. And I was like, ooh, that's dangerous. But yep. the speed was such a factor that he knew he could get away with it. Not every time, but occasionally. And that's what he did. He fought a great fight. and He dug deep. He had to dig deep. Joshua had a better game plan. Joshua came in better shape. Joshua worked the body. Joshua did a lot of good things. But there's yep. one thing. you It's hard to beat speed, especially in the heavier weight classes. If you can't hang... I'm surprised Joshua didn't... I know he was hanging on the head. I'm surprised he wasn't shoving him down more. I'm surprised he wasn't trying to clinch him and hold him and carry, and carry the weight. Bernard Hopkins yep. made a whole career off of that. Punch oh, your yeah. way in, land your shots, grab you, hold you, and grab. hang on you. Yep. Yep. So overall, though, uh, it was Usyk's night. Uh, neither one of them, to me, is going to beat Tyson Fury. I think Tyson Fury is going to – he's not going to stay retired, but he he'll be back. I just wonder who he's going to fight. That's what I want to know who he's going to fight. Yeah. So it should be Usyk, but all right. Well, let's let's get someone else. let's let's get into the uh, PFL, Dave. We'll talk about let's BKFC go. or whatever at the end. All right, all right. Go well, ahead, John. Take us away. I, I know that this is hard to believe, but Kayla Harrison got a win <laughs> and is moving on as the number two seed, which is very important in this. So you know. Yeah. She is the number two seed. They do not believe that she is the number one seed. She is the number two seed. Mm. It's like, shut up. Okay. <laughs> Come uh, on. They got to figure out a different format. 
do we do we do we look at reality at all i mean come on you know but she's your headliner number two seed i just look at this like stop Hmm. i love the fact of what you guys are trying to do get rid of the bullshit okay she's your number one seed but uh jenrova came out fast tried to use footwork she landed one shot kayla just stood there ate it she ends up throwing the kick and from that point on kayla flips the leg up uh, take down did exactly what she wanted with the way she wanted moved herself into mount position just pushes her head aside takes the arm hey she did what she was supposed to do. She yeah. dominated a fighter that she was supposed to dominate. She did. You can't ask anything more for her. The biggest problem is now, and this is part of you know what we were talking about earlier, she has got a rematch, a trilogy fight, with someone she's already got two wins against in yeah. Pacheco. Pacheco's a good fighter. Larissa Pacheco's a good fighter. She's tough. She is the hardest competition that Kayla Harrison has ever fought. She's got two decision wins against her, so she's hasn't been able to get rid of her. How is it going to be? And I know I have I have a feeling what you're going to tell me, but how do you get up for that fighter the third time when you've got the two wins? That's going to be my question going into this PFL championship round. You're you're exactly right. I was going to ask you how does she get motivated for it. And the reason why she gets motivated, there's a million dollars at the end of it. I knew that's what you were going to say. See, that's what I was high said. I knew what you, I know what you're going to say. I'm a money hungry whore, and that's what I am. <laughs> and so when it comes to that, and then on top of that, I think also I think she's I think she's done with the PFL. I I I'm not sure if they have matching rights like they they established. I don't. You the can't last... carry matching rights all the time, unless you went for yeah. more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm just simply saying I don't know if they have it again this time around. I know that's why she didn't go to Bellator is because they matched. She couldn't go to Bellator. Yeah. So PFA, Bellator put a, a big offer in front of her. She was she was happy with it. PFL had the right to match. They matched. She went back. She had to go back to the PFL. She had to go. She there was no way for her to leave. That was the contract. And I don't know if they can do it again. I'm not sure. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. I don't know. I don't know what the new contract says, but I don't think that she's going to leave. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Do you, I don't do think, think she's going to sign her to a one-year contract. Yes, I think every. I think they I think these contracts are. I think these. A lot of these contracts are one year. Pettis's was two, two years. It was a two-year contract. Roy McDonald's was two years, and then it was a one-year. Like, I don't want to say it was a one-year extension. I think he signed one more. Yeah, it was two years. Yep. Yeah, Pettis, Pettis is, is done too, is from what I understand. So huh. he did he did the two year, yeah. He's one and years. one or two. It was a two year. So I think she I think she's got that was it. Well I think she leaves. She's got one more. I think she yeah, she's got one more and I think she leaves. And I think she gets the win. You know, it's gonna be a tough fight, but I think she gets the win. She's got she's been fighting the same people. That's yeah. the problem with this is there's not a lot of people in the same in this weight class. And when you have the same group that are in there every single time, you're fighting the same people, you get it, it's they they are making little changes for you. There's not much changes you need to make for them. So they're gaining ground on you in the process of you just staying stagnant, not really motivated or you and she seems very self-motivated, which she is. Uh to, you know, to be an Olympian, a two-time Olympian. Yeah, she you know is. what I mean? You have to be self-motivated. Um I think she gets the win against Pacheco. It's going to be another it's going to be another probably to the distance fight. But I think she leaves after that. 
I think that's why there was such a play. If she signed a two-year deal, then she signed a two-year deal. Maybe she did. I think it was a one-year. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was a one-year. Anyways, um, that fight happened. She got a win. Great, great choke. Great. She did it from the mount position. I've seen several. Yep. Uh, Shaolin Ribeiro used to hit it all the time from the mount position. A lot yep. of people are like, "Oh, you got a dismount?" Nope, not when you have. No, it you don't. Properly. Not if you got you it the right to. squeeze. Yep. Uh, next fight, Dave. Brendan Lockdown versus Chris Wade was a great fight. Best fight of the night. You know, great fight. Great but fight. Both guys brought it, but man, after about I want to say two minutes, two and a half, we'll say the first half of the first round, Chris Wade was doing well. Lockdown got. He got that feel of the range, and he started landing that jab, and it changed the fight, and Wade was never able to get it back. Lockney just kept up with what he was doing. He looked great. He looked fast. He looked elusive. His defensive wrestling was great. He just, it was his night. He That's the that's the Brendan Lockney that I watched in Russia fight, who had his arm broken in a fight, and continued on and won the fight. Just a tough, gritty dude who, man, he's got skills. He is a tough bastard, but he, he's got really good stand-up. Sharp, crisp, fast, accurate. All the things that you're looking for. John, this fight was, this fight, like you said, first two minutes, two and a half minutes, he was fighting the range. He was figuring out Wade's speed. He was figuring out all the little details on how he was going to, how what he, how he needed to approach the takedown. I think they did a lot of research on how Chris Wade shoots. And what they did was they kept doing what, John? Go ahead, say it. What did Lockdown keep doing? Uh, he kept what, he kept switching stances. Oh, so what, he, dude, his it, the switching of the stances just annihilated Chris Wade as far as every time he would switch stance because he wanted to get to a certain leg out front so he could feel good. Lockdown, whoop, yep, switch stance. And so what you're gonna see, which I believe is you're gonna see this fight carry over into the Bubba Jenkins fight, and he's gonna continue to switch stances because yep. Bubba Jenkins, like most wrestlers, like to shoot off of one preferable foot. Now it doesn't mean they can't shoot off the other; they just no. choose not to, and it's a little he was bit more, more difficult. Comfortable to one side. It's more difficult when the punches are coming directly at your head, you know, and the knees up the middle, and you're not you maybe you're not used to the setups as much from that just from that side of the takedown. All of those things play a factor when you're when you're going at live speed, fight speed in the cage, and Lockdown just had it locked in is what he had. It was amazing on how he was letting the jab go. He'd switch, he'd throw the straight left, boom, go back to his his orthodox stance, throw the kick, come back, throw the combination, pump the jab. He kept Chris Wade guessing the whole time. Every time Chris would switch, he would switch. Every time he'd switch back, Chris was lost. He was like, oh shit. And I used this same technique myself against uh, Gil Melendez in the third fight. Third fight. Because I watched yep. when George Masvidal fought him. When, when Masvidal fought um, Melendez, Gilbert. he just got frustrated. He didn't wrestle as well when you switch stance. When you switch left to right, the, the wrestling just changed. Oh, I can't shoot right now. Now what do I do? How does a straight left come in? All of those things play a factor on how these fighters close the distance, on what combinations they throw. When, when you go out there and switch it up consistently like that, it's like it freezes them for a sec. Not only does it freeze their offense, but it also gives you a chance to get your breath. You know that they're frozen. Now, if you go back to throwing just whatever combinations you think you're going to land, because when, you, when you're a switcher, 
you have a handful of combinations that you like to throw from that stance. And then you go back to your normal stance because that's where you're comfortable at. You switch again, you throw one of your combinations, and then you switch back to your normal stance. So you're keeping them guessing, but in your mind, you're like, okay, I've already thrown this combination. I got this next one coming up. Okay, maybe I'll go back to the well. And you figure out which ones work well from those stances. And that's that's kind of what 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 uh, Lockman was doing. He would switch his stance, land his combination, go back the other way. And he just kept Chris Wade guessing. And Chris outside of the reach was having a hard time getting in there because Lockname figured out the the speed was to his advantage and the reach. So he would land the jab, John. And by the yep. time that Chris Wade would throw after his head got snapped back, Lockname was already, already out, out and circled yeah. left and right. And the combination couldn't land. I expected to see Chris Wade walk away with that fight and fuck. I was wrong. <laughs> I was legitly wrong. I expected Chris to see the Chris Wade Dominate the the wrestling, get in in the clinch, make it a dirty, grimy fight, get to the top position, and dominate the top position. Never happened. Never happened. No, no. But it, but it was a gutsy fight by Chris Wade because things just weren't yeah. going his way. The the guy hangs tough. He's never been finished in a fight. There's a reason why he's a dog. Yeah. He has got nothing but uh, fighters hard in him. He fought his ass off, but you got to give it. Like I said, Brendan looked fantastic in this fight yeah. this is the brendan that i had watched this is the guy that he can win the whole thing yeah he's that good he's that tough so i don't know man bubba's on a roll right now yeah yeah yeah. They, bubba's they, been they, over they, the last three years been trickling up you quarters, know they've trained together semis. yeah he's i believe they've trained together so yeah. there is a little bit they know each other a little bit so we'll see yeah but bubba with the beautiful two suplexes right to the back in the submission <laughs> i'm not getting like see, Great job. Right away, talking about, man, you know, that's a lot of wasted energy. And they're right. Randy's right. It it is some wasted energy there. But goddamn, it definitely puts it in your mind when you're the guy getting tossed. Oh, shit. Yep. Okay. And right away, and and this was the question, because Kudo's a good wrestler. I did not believe that he was as good a wrestler as Bubba Jenkins. I still don't believe that he's as good a wrestler. He wasn't. (laughs) Well, you know, well, there's people who say, well, he fought for the net. He wrestled on national. No. I think Bubba Jenkins is the better wrestler. I think he proved that too. But Bubba Jenkins is is a different fighter than what we were used to in the past because he was a pure wrestler before. He's he's much more comfortable with his stand-up. He believes yeah. in his stand-up now. He doesn't tense the same ways. And uh, But when he gets into a wrestling uh, situation, look, he's a handful. The, very few people are going to out-wrestle Bubba Jenkins. You're right. He's that athletic. He's that fast, that good. And now, you know, he's he's the full package. He's getting into the submissions and stuff. I know I look at this fight going in. Obviously, Bubba needs to win the wrestling exchanges and uh, put Brendan on his butt the most he can for five rounds. And Brendan needs to, you know, use that jab and light Bubba up. That's his way of getting the win. But this is a great finals for him. I think the PFL should be happy with who they've got going there. I think so as well. It's really going to come down to Chris Wade, though, was able to out-wrestle Bubba Jenkins the last time they fought. I mean, he landed the cleaner shots, but he was able to out-wrestle him. He was able to, he was able to stuff the yep. takedowns. He was able to get takedowns of his own, and he was able to outstrike him. Lockname was able to stuff Chris Wade's takedowns and able to outstrike him. Bubba's got his hands full, and Bubba's getting closer and closer. Now he's in the finals. Last year he was in the, in the semis. Now this time he's in the finals. This is his opportunity. This is his chance. 
Yeah. You only have a short period of time to win all that money. Small window. To become champion. Like it's small people window. People don't realize how short it is. It's only like a two to three year span, four years. So when you see fighters like Jose Aldo and, and Kamar Usman and you know, and certain fighters that have been maintained it for ten so years. long. Ten years. Fucking crazy, right? This is your chance, Bubba man. This is your opportunity. He's gonna he's gonna have to seize it right now because it's gonna be a tough go. Um, moving forward, and especially when you've been so close so many times, yeah. but this is this is a chance, man. Good luck to both of them. It's gonna be a great fight. Yeah. Uh, any other we, fights on this card? Well, we didn't talk about the Larissa Pacheco fight okay. against. Uh, the reason why is you know her, she'd already beaten this opponent once, and, and it was a horrible fight. And guess what? It was horrible again, John. No, freaking horrible. Stop. Horrible, John. It was like she, it was like. Putting a punching bag in the she middle did her of the job. damn cage. She did her job. She did her job. Who did yeah. her job? Pacheco, Pacheco did her job. Walked out okay, there, tracked you. her, tracked after her, landed the straight combination, boom, boom, put her away. She did her yep. job. She put her okay. on her back foot and made sure that she, there was, there was no respect. Great job by Pacheco. Well, that's why I gave no respect right there. <laughs> I just come on. I get what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying. Uh, any other fights on this card you want to talk about? Uh, I got it. You know what? Give it up for. Uh, it was a horrible fight as far as the opponent. She came out, you know, very confident. But Dakota, uh, how do I say that? Decheva, mm-hmm. Decheva, yeah, young young girl. But yeah. she looks good. She's got talent. She's gonna be fun to watch. One fifteen or one twenty five. Uh, that was at one twenty five. Yeah, one twenty five. Good, good for but her. I thought she looked good. All right, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up our PFL talk. We are two hours in. Let's give us a – we'll do one or two news things real quick there. Uh, podcast, Dave, what do you got? Oh, sorry. We got to uh, talk about the yeah. – sorry, BKFC. My bad. I think we'll just Shit. wrap up on BKFC. No, no, no we're going to do one news thing. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> we're going to do one news thing. All right, go ahead. All right, real real quick with the PA, the Bare Knuckles boxing, Mike Perry has found his place. I love it. And we said this. We talked about this. You know, everyone's built for certain things. Yeah, and Mike Perry is a guy who he's not the most technical fighter there is. Let's just be honest, okay? He doesn't have to be. He's a brawler who could make a technical fighter try to brawl. He's a, he's he's either going to get lit up and technically you know pieced up, or he's going to make it a dog fight and he's going to come out with a win. I watched the fight. And the knockdown in the first round, you know, semi knockdown, but it not, you know, so it was a 10 8 round for Perry. Nice. MVP won the rest of the rounds. Just if you're going to look at it and say, eh, he, you know, just volume strikes, he had, he cut Perry up, you know, he, he lumped him up on, especially on the left hand side of his face. I thought he actually won the rest of the rounds, but the judges did it. So it went to a, uh, six round, six round, and I thought Mike Perry won that round. So if you had it even going into that one, Mike Perry wins it. I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, it just I, I just I, I'm happy to see when a guy finds something that man he can grab hold of yep. and make it his. And Mike Perry can make this his. He's he's got the right attitude. He says the right things. He fits in the role. Yeah, sometimes people are going to look and go. Oh, you know, he says, you know, says horrible things, you know. Shut like, the fuck up. Thank you very much. Shut this up. This is what this is what Mike Perry was made for. 
They all love Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen said some fucking horrible things. And Chael's my boy. Chael <laughs> Sonnen said some horrible things. And shut up, guys. Yeah, Mike okay, Perry, this is tailor-made for Mike Perry. I'm glad he's found a he good home. He was bored for this. They are taking care of him. He is their fucking breadwinner right now. I'm happy good for, for him. him. I'm so happy. He just what He just had a baby, what, last year? Good fucking yep. for him. I, there's other yeah. fighters that I wish they would just accept the fact that they are not going to be world-class MMA fighters or world-class boxers, but this gives you a home, and they pay. They fucking pay pretty damn well. Yeah. Well, they and have to. There's guys. Look, look. I, I, there's fighters that I want, like Campos. I want to see Campos. him. Derek Campos. Uh, he's fucking tailor-made for this. This or that Dorito chip shit. Okay, that the Dorito chip ring thing that they triad, did the triad. the triad. There you go. He was fantastic in that fight. Campos was. Mike Perry fought the same night. Great performances. Those certain fighters like those two guys are tailor made for this type of stuff. Just yep. dogs come out. They lay it all on the line. They still have good chins. They they fucking got the heart and the desire to be winners. I want to see it. I want to see these guys fight. There is a there is a place in the combat sport world for this, and I'm happy yes. that I'm happy that the BKFC is around, is giving these fighters an opportunity to make money when they know that. Look, I'm not going to be a, uh, a MMA champion. I'm not going to be a boxing world champion. But you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out here and have some fun against people that are either at my level or not my level, whatever it is. But I'm going to make a lot of money, and I'm happy for them. I'm stoked for him. I'm glad. And if you guys didn't, if you guys didn't get an opportunity and a chance to listen to his pressers leading up to this, Michael oh, Venom dude. Page, he's like, "Oh, your head looks like a ball sack with my hair is growing out of it." I was like, <laughs> "It was sorry, it was fucking hilarious." The back and forth, and then when he did the whole the face off with the whole the bisexual, my fist are bisexual, oh, my hand, my fist are bisexual, and then the whole thing where you know. Paige does the I don't know what the hand thing the, the he did thing. that it was all broken it was just it was classic man he did a great job he's got a place he's got a home and they love him they need to love him good stuff yep they do alright uh, let's go I, Dave <coughs> news quick Josh did you have something yeah I, we had something remember we there was a fight announced there was two fights yeah. announced okay so so let's wanted, talk about I wanted it. to. Oh, yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't. You didn't have something specific. That's why you said that. Okay. No. Oh, Carla Sparza goes against Whaley Zhang. I feel bad for Carla. <laughs> I know I shouldn't say that. Sorry. It's just stylistically, I don't think it's a good matchup for her. <clears throat> no, not that, that, now, not that Whaley Zhang's been working with uh, Henry Cejudo. And Henry's going to game plan the shit out of it. Plus, use um, plus help her with her wrestling and how Carla hits the takedowns. And I think within from the sorry, Carla's not. I got John. I got I got Big John's COVID through the microphone here. There you go. Sorry, dude. Oh man, super spreader. (laughs) Oh shit. Um, Carla Esparza is a good wrestler. She's a fantastic wrestler in in the female market. Phenomenal, but. I think that Willy Zhang is the better athlete. Oh, I no think doubt. that I think that um, Henry Cejudo will have her ready. I think the camp that she was able to work with Henry before, and now they camp into this one coming up. They've got plenty of time to really break Carla Esparza down step by step and how she enters her takedowns. 
what she throws it off of and how she finishes them and how she controls the top position. Don't expect Willie Zhang to settle on the bottom if she does get taken down. And I would potentially even see Willie Zhang get the takedown because there's no real submission threat for Carla Esparza. So she doesn't care which way she puts her head. She doesn't care which way she gets the takedown. She doesn't care. Body locks, inside trips, all of those things you should expect from, from Whaley. Whaley is going to die. I don't want to say she's going to dominate the fight. But she's going to shut down what Carla does. And then Carla's going to look a little bit like Leon Edwards in between round two and four. She's going to start backing up. She's going to start putting her back on the fence. And then Whaley's going to start to run away with this. And I love Carla Esparza as a person. We're not talking for Pete. We're not talking about how I feel about her as a person. We're talking about fighting. Yeah. And so <clears throat> this fight's going to be a very difficult fight for Carla Esparza. Let me ask you this. What does this say as far as. Whaley, now she she just beat Ioana, yes, but she lost to Rose twice. Rose loses to Sparza. Is it because the fight was that bad? It was that bad, John. <laughs> we okay. just talked about Dana Done. White has no skin Done. in the game. Right. He doesn't. Done. He, Dana Done. White has no skin in the game. Doesn't give a shit, but he that's cares right. when the fights suck. Yeah, he doesn't care true. who wins. And this yeah. this makes sense. If Whaley it's hard to beats, sell when the fight sucks. Yeah, and when if Whaley beats um Carla, she'll put the Whaley then Rose. You, then you put Rose back in there, and you have the Whaley Rose again for the third yeah. time. You know, and that the both fights, both those fights have been spectacular. Yep. So. Yep. Good point. Um. Okay, and then the next fight, which I got a ton of flack on because we are both Bellator guys, and I'm you know teammates with this guy or used to be teammates with this guy. Is Usman Nurmagomedov getting announced that he signed the contract to fight the title against Patricky Pitbull We've for the title? Because it's not for a while. I know it's not for a while, but we always talk about fight announcements. We just talked about Wei Lee and Carla. It's a fight announcement. Okay. I'm not going right. to break down the fight. Fight, fight announcements. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that it was a fight announcement. That's it. We got a ton of shit saying, oh, you guys don't like Khabib and uh, you don't like Usman. What the hell? I'm like, what are you guys People, talking about? First off. You need to stop. This is why I don't read comments because when people say things that are it. just totally ridiculous, John, I'm I don't want to sometimes. sit there and read it and go, "Why did I read that?" Sometimes I'm bored, and I I'm bored a lot actually because <laughs> when uh, I'm not traveling and I'm not out and about, I get bored. And like yesterday, I went mountain biking all morning. It was awesome, man. Awesome. Seven a.m. up on the mountain with me and a couple old guys. You know, so I don't have to worry about losing to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. We had a great time. And then got some tacos, some street tacos afterwards. They were fucking bomb. And then uh, got back down the hill by noon. I was, we rode, I think, seven, uh, seven or eight miles. We rode yeah. up and down. Fucking awesome. Great time. Look, Usman Nurmagomedov. Everyone thinks that I'm hating on him. Everyone thinks because, Why? well, because I, I, I didn't want to see him get the title fight so soon. Yeah, that's because you didn't believe I, that he had enough experience and you well, wanted no, him to be able to John, a lot of it's because people need to understand. A lot of it's because I care. I yeah. think what it's the, the there's no harm in taking one more fight. There's no harm. And give him, give him someone. He can beat all the guys in the a majority of the guys in the top 10. I'd say pretty much all of them except for i would say and i don't even know i can't even couple, i can't be couple tough fights there's three tough Tofique. fights for him i look at Tofik, uh shabli and i and i think premise would be a tough fight for him 
I think if, cause Primus's strength, Primus's size, all of those things, Usman's not a fast guy. Like, Shabli's a fast guy. He's got fast hands, relaxation. Primus is not a fast guy. He's not a fast guy. That's what I'm saying. They, Primus's not a fast guy, but he, he His doesn't speed do well against up with yeah. Usman. Yes, exactly. Strength wise, I'd probably go with, uh, Primus. Grappling wise, I'd probably go with Primus. Stand up wise, I'd go obviously with Usman. Take down defense in terms of stuffing takedowns. I'm gonna go with Usman, you know. But it, it would be it'd make for a fun fight. <clears throat> um, I just would like to have seen. He hasn't fought one ranked opponent, and I'm not taking a dig at my my guy, man. He's he's my guy. I just would like to have seen him fight one ranked opponent before he got a title shot. Okay. Shabli just Shabli just knocked out Primus, who was ranked number two. Tofik just knocked out uh, Outlaw, who was ranked number one. Both of them, because of the rankings and the media doesn't watch Bellator, it's very obvious that they don't watch Bellator um, because Shabli is still ranked below Primus after just knocking him out. That lets me know they don't know what the fuck they're looking at. It's ridiculous. So I would like to have seen, I'm not taking anything away from Usman, I would like to have seen him fight one more time against a ranked opponent. He beat a very tough and talented Chris Gonzalez. Very, very tough Chris Gonzalez. Was able to finish him with the guillotine in the first round, but Chris wasn't ranked. Chris is tough. Chris, we all know Chris has and the ceiling's high with him. The potential is there. Still, real, still really young in his um in his career, his MMA career. And Usman, the ceiling is very high with him. I wanted to see one fight, maybe one more, but I would just say one before he got to a title shot. But John, he's in a really he's in a really shitty situation because you got Tofik. Shabli and him, they all know each other. They all respect each other because of where they're from in the world. It puts them in an awkward situation. But when you talk to them, they're like, no, no, we used to all, you know, compete Sambo against each other. It's no different. But I get it. I get it's no different. But it is different. But it is. There's a title yeah. at the top. Yeah. There's it, it's different. It's money. It's, a, a it's a lot of money. It's a lot yeah. of money. You know? Um more than a trophy. How do you see that fight? Which, how do you say? Wait, what's your take on Usman getting to the t getting to the title shot? Or what's your take on Patriki? In I thought the fight that should have been made was uh, Tofik Musayev against Patriki because it's a it's an easy build up. It's an automatic. It's they had a fight in Ryzen for the Ryzen lightweight tournament. Yeah, you know Patriki had run through everybody. In that tournament, first round, one minute finishes. Yeah. And he runs into Tofik, and it was a great fight. If you want to go great, watch great a fight. great fight, they both went at it. But it was clear in my mind by the end, Tofik deserved the win. He got it. Uh, I, well, yeah. I don't think Patriki was a little bit like perturbed by it. It's like, nope, nope. They gave it to the right guy. Yeah. But it's an easy buildup. You could use all of it. So. The, with with the Usman thing, I think a lot of it has to do with the last name. The last name Nurmagomedov, because of what Khabib has done, it 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 garners you know attention. And I think Bellator looked at it and said, "Hey, this guy's undefeated. Let's give him the title shot now, and we'll see how he does." Yeah. You know, I do think that uh, <clears throat> there there are elements in the fight where I look at Usman and I think he has an advantage. He has an advantage in speed, definitely. I know yeah. that, you know, he's not the fastest guy, but he's faster than Patriki. Power goes yeah. to Patriki. Experience definitely goes to Patriki. Yeah. Being in bad positions at times and fighting their way through it goes to Patriki. 
the ground game goes to Patricky. So does you're it, hoping does the it, wrestling though? the wrestling goes to yeah. Nurmagomedov. Okay. Cardio the ground, is going to go towards Nurmagomedov. The cardio, I believe, goes to, to Nurmagomedov. But the, the ground game goes to Patricky. <clears throat> so they both have their areas where you look and you go, stronger here, stronger here. The real difference is one has been in bad situations and gotten their way through it. Yeah. One one's never really been in a bad situation. How does he get his way through it? Right. He may not be put in a bad situation. He may go in there and, and walk right through him, or he may be put in bad situations, and we'll see how he does through it. But it, you know, it's a good matchup. It's just a matchup that I would have made one fight later. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? I want to thank Big John McCarthy for powering through with COVID. Thank you. You are the fucking man, my brother. You are the man. I would have been in bed like a fucking coward, just fucking bundled up, (laughs) head in a pillow. Screw you guys. That's what it would have been me. (laughs) But hey, go to WayneAndPodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. We've got our 10-8, round t-shirt where Josh is just dishing out 10-8 rounds like I did the podcast, Dave, last night on text. It was awesome. Just destroyed him. It was annihilation. I'm actually going to screenshot that and post that up on my uh, social media later for you guys to admire. <laughs> Go to our wayinpodcast.com, pick up some of our merch, awesome t shirts that are out right now. The new five round main event, the hashtag and still, hindsight's 50 50, the Joshisms is all out. And John, thanks, buddy, man. Great job today. Uh, go blow your nose and uh, oh, take us dude, t- so bad. Take us away. So bad. For everyone out there, I am sorry for the funny, funky sounds and all the, the little differences. Normally, it's in my me voice. making the funky sounds. Couldn't Normally. help it, man. I was dying in here, but I hope you enjoyed the show. It was a great night of fights all the way through, through all the shows, but the UFC definitely lit it up. I hope you enjoyed this one. Go be good to someone. Do something kind just because you can. Make someone day special. And here at the Weighing In Podcast, we will see you. <laughs>